2: Hi, this is the audio version of the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown Review. You can watch the video version and take part in a future episode at patreon.com forward slash cultaholic. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It's the 5th of Uh, July.
3: It's the 5th of July. Hey, kind of easy for me to say. Uh, The year of our Lord, 2001. You're a native New Yorker. Sorry, there appears to be someone outside the room yelling in right now.
2: You're a native New Yorker. Because I can't
3: be the voice of Tom right now. That can't be what Tom sounds like right now. That's what
2: Tom sounds like. That's also a song from the band Odyssey. That's the joke.
3: It's always good when you explain it.
2: <laughs> the
3: one song in the UK is Christina Aguilera, Little Kim, Mia, and Pink's version of Lady Marmalade. Uh, the song yeah,
2: Voulez-vous coucher avec moi
3: ce soir Ce soir. Uh, appeared as a, a medley, like a medley of vegetables you get with a crap meal. In the film Moulin Rouge, for the film soundtrack album, it's uh, got them all together to create this and... Yeah, did all right. Lyrics were changed from original version, transferring the song setting from New Orleans to the Paris nightclub Moulin Rouge. Mm. I wouldn't make any mm. sense now, would it? Uh, because if some people got to pass in French. Was that one song? So Dan Kashun, Bitter Travis, The Invisible Band is still number one album in the UK. God, I wish I had invisible ears, so I'd have to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the other side of the plate Origin of Symmetry by Muse is the number one in the rock chart uh, that's a one we plug in baby newborn bliss and hyper music slash feeling good Oh, it's a good album that
2: strong album plug
3: plug like a in, bunch baby. of rare popmon get together that was Muse Shrek is number one in the box office and in local news a power failure at the BBC TV center knocks out all BBC TV broadcasts for around 20 minutes
2: and it was the best evening of television uh, the BBC has ever done. Yeah, BBC oh, the,
3: the highest ratings in years. Yeah. Uh, this delayed the nine forty news at ten, which ended up I meaning it started at the confusing time of ten o'clock.
2: Oh, do you know what? I love the fact that you've mentioned that. It's been a long time since we've had an update on the status of the news at when. It's good. The ah. news at when. <laughs> uh, Stanley Kubrick's controversial
3: 1971 film, A Clockwork Orange, makes its British TV debut through Sky box office. The film was famously withdrawn from British release in 73 by Warner Brothers at the request of Kubrick himself, in response to allegations that the film was responsible for copycat violence. Um, Kubrick said a lot of stuff there. Uh, so serious was it taken this uh production, that the Scarlet Cinema Club went into receivership in '93 after losing a legal battle following an unauthorised screening of the film. They took it very seriously. Uh, it was only after Kubrick died in '99 that the film was theatrically re-released and made available on VHS and DVD.
2: And not only that, right, but it shows how far or we've come or fallen as a society <laughs> where it was for, to stop people from doing copycat uh, assaults. The whole film was banned. Fast forward to last year, the Clockwork Orange gang are in the background in Space Jam 2.
3: <laughs> Crazy, is it?
2: What a time we live in!
3: And it's th- this meant that it could be released. I in the UK, so people like myself saw it at the tender young age of 16 and wondered what all the fuss was about, so yes.
2: And went, I'm off murdering. Yes, it's had
3: no effect of being re-released. And everyone who watched that grew up to do Space Jam 2, I guess. <laughs> uh, the big game this week is Tomb Raider Curse of the Sword, so I might have to change the name of that little segment there. Uh, A game that was released this week was the Game Boy Color version of Tomb Raider, blah, blah, blah. The big news that I've talked to Tom about this before, but this is the week it happened. We'll get his opinion on it. Chris Evans is dismissed by Virgin Radio for repeatedly failing to arrive at work. (laughs) Evans is replaced by Steve Penk, whom Evans criticized for his age. He was 39. Evans was 35 at the time. Uh, evans uh, some other details there virgin radio's new program controller paul jackson in light of audience figures which had dropped from a peak of 2.7 million to 1.7 million had pruned evans's zoo team and installed a music policy which replaced more eclectic choices with a strict diet of chart pop as a result on the 20th of june evans was followed throughout the day by tabloid newspaper phot- photographers and undertook an 18-hour bender which started after his show at 9.30 in the morning and ended after numerous pints of Cronenberg and Guinness, plus five bottles of Dom Perignon, with Evans asleep in front of a lap dancer at Stringfellows. Later photographed by the tabloids that week with new wife Billy Piper in the nearest pub to their home in Hascombe, Surrey, while claiming he was too ill to present his show... (laughs) <laughs> he was dismissed on the 28th of June, a one for repeatedly failing to arrive at work. Evans was replaced oh, said that bit. Evans attempted to sue Virgin Radio, claiming that he was unfairly dismissed and denied share options worth £8.6 million. Pounds. In June of 2003, uh, Justice Lightman, that's his real name, found that he had been fairly dismissed and was not entitled to share options. <laughs> Uh, in fact, the, the judge at the trial said, "quote He has the temperament of a prima donna, a prima donna prima, donna, prima donna. He,
2: <laughs> he plays um, for Sunderland. Uh, Virgin pri- Radio. Prima donna is the person that plays for Sunderland, and also what a pop singer does when they want to find out what you're up to.
3: <laughs> I didn't get
2: that. Prima donna. Oh, oh, there we.
3: There, yeah. That was the noise of the uh, the penny dropping. Oof." Oof. Virgin Radio later countersued with Evans' order to pay £1 million towards illegal costs. And the final little bit of this. In his autobiography, Evans writes that shortly after the sale of Virgin Radio, he was offered 56 million quid for his SMG shares by Goldman Sachs. Mm -hmm. He declined the offer. He eventually sold them for (laughs) 250,000. Tom, your thoughts as a Mr. Radio person?
0: uh, I've
2: read Chris Evans' uh, three autobiographies. Uh, and he'll admit he was a fucking shit-ass at this point. <laughs> he was a piece of shit. He was in a real bad way. And doesn't excuse it, by the way. Um, the show that he did for Virgin was one that got... Uh, it got lampooned quite a bit because it was, it was kind of Chris Evans, like, without the filter. Like, when Vince Russo went to run WCW. Like, when Chris Evans was on Radio 1, there was still a semblance of, like... There was some kind of overarching control. With Virgin, he was running the ship. It was like, I, like he was, it was his baby. It was his creation. It was all him. And um, it, was, it was chaotic. It was chaotic. Uh, the show itself was a, was a pretty fun listen, albeit a bit sycophantic towards Chris Evans. Uh, there was, uh, Harry Enfield attempted a bit of a comeback uh, during the early noughties with a show on Sky 1 which was a, new, a sketch show kind of spinning off from Harry Enfield's television program and Harry Enfield and Chums. And one of the characters that he did was a guy called Chris Great. And it was the, the webcam footage of his brilliant radio show where everyone told him how great he was mm. and how wacky he was. And it was just a, a perfect lampoon of the, what the country thought of Chris Evans at that point. He was, uh, he was absolutely destined to crash off the rails and disappear, which he did. And then it would take a five or six years of him being away for him to start to come back into circulation on the radio. He took over weekends on Radio 2. And then, you know, scandal begatting scandal, uh, the, the Jonathan Ross got sacked from Radio 2 for the, for the whole thing with Russell Brand, where they phoned up Manuel from Faulty Towers and made lewd comments about his daughter, if, if memory serves. <laughs> And, uh, that's Wasn't it his daughter? It was his right? daughter. Was it Manuel from Forty Towers? It was his daughter.
3: You know, it's been such a long time. I can't remember yeah. the details. of I shut up.
2: But it led to it led to Russell Brand and Jonathan Ross yep. being dismissed from Radio Two. It led to Chris Evans coming back into the fold. He took over Drive on Radio Two, and it was a banger of a show. Really good show. Like he was a bit, he was tempered, and he was more mature. And it was a really fun listen. So when. Terry Wogan stepped down from Radio 2. It was an obvious switch to put Chris Evans on Radio 2 Breakfast, and it became the biggest radio show in Europe. And he did that for many years, and he decided, I want a new challenge. So he went to now Virgin Radio once again, under new ownership, which is where he is now, and said, I want to you know, take this to the top. And within a year, this, this radio station on digital platforms boasting a million viewers a morning and that's down to Chris Evans doing what Chris Evans does, so not the, not the easiest of guys to work with during that time, but certainly the staying power, he's a, he's a reformed man now, but I very much remember this time period with Chris Evans and what a, what a nightmare he was to work with, I've noticed yeah. as well our camera light has gone off as I oh, was it has. Talking, um I feel like it's that it's that feeling of when you leave the pub <laughs> and
3: everybody wants you to go home. I, stop right. talking about Chris Evans. Carry
2: on talking about what we're talking about. I'm listening. I'm like Fraser Crane while I find the
3: plug for this. Ah, so yeah, Chris Evans, I'll bring, I bring it up just as a snapshot because even like in 01, he was still a, a big name lad because of... <laughs> Um, don't forget your toothbrush, this anarchic show, which you're back at now, which is just Chris Evans going, hi, Anna, great, you're going on holiday. Cheer for me.
2: <laughs> That's pretty much what it was. Yeah. I'm great, you're going right. on holiday. Don't forget to praise yeah, me.
3: To <laughs> yeah. Uh and then TFI Friday, which was anarchic to say the least. Uh thanks to Yeah, Napalm Death and other bands like that. What's his name? Um cursing and getting banned. From ever appearing on any live broadcast. What's that guy's name? I know. He it's a coming on. Name. It's there. Oh, from the gorillas. Yeah, no, yeah, from the gorillas. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> him from Sean. I know it's such an obvious name. People are yelling at the podcast, going, "How can you not know that dude's name?" I'm like, easily. Uh, but yeah, but towards the end of TFI Friday, he stopped hosting it because he just got his mates to show up. Yeah, hey, there's like, um, which it's just amazing to read about. And again, him going on that quote. 18-hour bender and ringing up his, his, you know, in front of photographers and going, yeah, I'm too ill. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. He's, he's the man-made wrestling. Anyway, that was all the weird <laughs> stuff that was happening in the ugly, ginger-headed world of reality. That's that's what we we'll call it back then. It was still <laughs> technically reality. It never feels like the it. The attitude is, of era of radio. <laughs> yes. But what oh, what, oh, what, oh, what, oh, what, was happening in the wonderful, dream-filled, angelic, Utopia, uh, known as wrestling. Fucked if we not. Nah. Oh, but don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. We'll do our best to dive through the poo with our pith helmets on. Because who are we? We are the cult classic SmackDown review. You're listening to the dulcet tones of Matthew and the haggard, <laughs> war torn, right out of Da Nang. Focused. Vocal- Vocal chords. <laughs> of Tom Campbell, who's just got here from Cardiff. <laughs> Boy, is. Yay, so we've all
2: said it! High five, mate. Finish <laughs> each other's sandwiches.
3: Tom, man. how are you doing?
2: I'm great. Now, don't worry about this voice, because... I know, I've had... Well, I wasn't, but
3: now you've said that, I am.
2: Because um, a few people, when uh, I came back, so I started doing news videos and I sounded like this. I had lovely messages from people saying, please get well soon, please take a break. And I want to emphasise the fact that I'm not poorly, I'm not ill. It's just the fact that when I went to Cardiff, at one point, I, uh, when Dominic Mysterio turned on Edge and was about to give his dad a hug Fraser
3: Tom Fraserin
2: <laughs> well sorry i may have i may have joined in a loud chant of punch your dad punch your dad and i think it's at <laughs> that point that i felt my vocal cord go but Oh,
3: so you literally did do it during a Dom Chan. I saw, obviously, you versus Triple H. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The fight that everyone's talking about. The the only backstage press in the, Backstage press, that's not right. A media scrum event that people the are talking only, about.
2: The only press conference event that that was worth talking about that week. Oh, of course.
3: <laughs> uh, was you saying, I oh, sorry, I thought I lost my... I think I lost my throat during starting a Dom Chan. And I thought, like, well, because your wacky sense of humour, that was yeah. some sort of like... Oh, yeah, you know, all those people cheering for Dom. Because <laughs> I thought, oh, no, he's done that. It's got no pop because
2: everyone's nervous and stuff like that. But it was like, oh, no, you legit. <laughs> I heard myself <laughs> chatting for <laughs> Dominic. 100% true. 100% true. <laughs> and bless Triple H in that press conference who heard my awful haggard voice. I think I, it got a nice laugh on the room because I started talking and went, Oh, this is worse than I thought. I <laughs> got a nice pop from yeah. the room, um, and bless him, he was like, "There's about fifty thousand people that sound like that now." I have to make an apology to the Cultaholic Classic SmackDown review because I failed you. I failed oh, you because I not sound like people. Because on. I was only allowed one question, and I was told and no uncertain terms by Sam Driver, who was with me the weekend and is a shareholder in this company. I was told under no certain terms was I to ask Triple H if he was willing to work with any particular promotions in Japan. Because... Uh, (laughs) And I cannot tell you how much the devil tried to take the wheel okay. in those 12 seconds that I stood up. <laughs> All right, time out, time out. Is this real? Did he really say that? Yes. <laughs> that a, a legitimate <laughs> conversation that Sam Driver and I had when it came to the press conference. And it was like, look, don't ask him. <laughs> don't do the no a bit. And I was like, I, and I laughed. I went, I don't know what you mean. He went, you know what I mean. You do know what I mean. And, and, and if you ask it now... You're in trouble. Ah, uh, damn him for doing his job. Yeah, would you? Damn if him you for hadn't, doing his job. If you hadn't said it, would you have said it? I think I would have. Yes, not. I would have. I would have. What I'd have done is I'd have double-barreled a question and gone. And also, by the way, are there any promotions in Japan <laughs> that you could see WWE working with? Um, to which he would. Yeah. It's only because. It's only because we get one shot, and there's it's no dig on Sam, please don't, but it's like, it's because we get one shot at asking a question, we know what the answer would be to, is there a promotion to Japan you'd want to work for? It wouldn't be, Noah, it would be... <laughs> he the- stands up and yells at Noah! Everyone, yeah, yeah, he did it! He did the gag, now Tom will never have to yeah. do the gag yeah. again! Triple H going, oh, big fan, Tom, like, oh, that's the dream, right? That's, that's what we're That's gotta along. be Kane! <laughs> like, oh, Trips, mate! I love the bit where you talk about Snoopy tennis, sir. Uh, uh, sadly, that isn't all the way. I saved up five episodes for the plane ride.
3: Of <laughs> <laughs> all the Peanuts, Game oh. Boy games. That's my top five. <laughs> I'll
2: tell you what. When's the news at 10 on? Who knows? That's- that was me and Trips after the mess. Hey,
3: what's-, what's the deal with the news at 10 now?
2: <laughs> the news at when, more like, am I right?
3: Uh, Sam's getting the knife out. I, th- <laughs> I told you, Tom. I told you.
2: So so it's no, it's no diss on Sam. It's the fact that we know the answer <laughs> to the question would be, the door's always open. It would be like a real non-answer and it'd be a waste of a question. Um, so, so you want to get
3: invited back to these things?
2: Yeah, and we want to get invited back. It's the first time we've ever got media accreditation for a WWE event, uh, which I'm super proud of. And, uh, and I, I don't want to burn a bridge too soon <laughs> with that. I'm sure there will be another time where I will get to, actually to quote Sam, to quote Sam, he said, when you are the UK's version of Ariel Helwani, and you can sit down with Triple H for 45 minutes and chat to him about his life and career, you can ask him then. I was like, there we go. sweet I can ask him then. So Sam was bang on the money, as as, as much as the devil in me, as much as the agent of chaos that I am, would hate to admit it, he was right. And Even. I had to bite my tongue. Bless you. But it was fine, though, because m- my tongue was trying to push out any words that it could find yeah. at that point anyway.
3: <laughs> I was going to say, given that, the, the fact that you said that, like, you know, oh, I uh, lost oh, my throat, chanting for Dom, dumb, 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 and the fact that Trish didn't go, that's a lie, no one's cheering for him, no one's cheering for Dom, Shut up. Um, <laughs> No, uh, apart from that, it looked like you all had a wonderful
2: time. Oh, it was brilliant. Oh, gosh. Now, obviously, you're hearing this um, sort of like the second week in September, uh, so it's very much in the rear view, but we're bank recording these because I'm away for most of September. So by the time you hear this, I'm on a beach somewhere. So, you know feel free to send an email, but fucked if I'm reading it. Uh, but do send it all the same, but when I get back, wink. Um, but it's very much in the rear view at this point. So I won't lament on it too long, but oh my God. Over the moon. What a lovely time we had. Great time. Thank you if you came over and said hi. Uh, big thank you to... Do you know what? It sounds like, you know... Get, get, the, get the tongue right up their bottom. But, like, big thanks to WWE for, for you know, giving us media access out the wazoo, uh, for getting us press tickets to sit in, in, in one of the... Like, an amazing part of the venue to watch this incredible show. Uh, big thank you to, to their PR team because they were brilliant to work with all the way up to it and afterwards as well. So... You know what? It's a, it's a, it's a licky bum thing to say. Probably not very cool, but whenever have I ever been cool? Big thanks to WWE's PR team. Really enjoyed working with you. Let's do it again sometime. Let's mm. Do it again. But anyway. Until then. Until then. We've then. set the scene. We know where we are in reality. Do I have any mailbag questions? We do! Got two to read for you Before we go any further today Uh, Thank you by the way for yours Classic at Cultaholic.com If you would like to get in touch Again Fucked if I'm reading them when you're hearing this Because I'm on my holiday Um, Jonathan Kintz Hi to you, Jonathan. Hey guys, I'm not even done with listening to the show because I got to work and I'm on a break yet, but I couldn't help but draw a doodle of Perry Saturn off on his adventures with Undertaker's <laughs> Roomba. Oh, really? When Tom said they'd be crime fighters, I died a little thinking about a vacuum trying to investigate a crime scene without destroying all the evidence. By the time this email gets to you, you'll be in or on your way to Cardiff. Nah, mate, I'm on the beach. So I doubt you'll see it until you get back from your vacation. Just send it now. I expect you'll have both completely forgotten this gag, and the comic will make you as much sense to you as it does all my co-workers. So, Matthew, I'm gonna show this to you. It is on your screen now if you are one of our Patreons. There is Perry Saturn and Roomba solving crimes as a wonderful crime <laughs> force. Okay, Roomba, we need to check my fingerprints and the Roomba's going,
3: Roomba, no! <laughs> they did a good job of Perry and the mob. Barry's got, like, viral tattoos on, which is fantastic. (laughs) Oh, thank you very much for that. Oh, yes, we do remember the bit. Thank Christ. Uh,
2: Also, by the time we get around to this, I'll have been at Raw in Portland. So
3: hopefully I've got a -a Botchamania. Portland, Maine or Portland, Oregon?
2: Uh, Hey, look at me. you with the knowledge of places. America. America's only one Portland. Uh, Hopefully I get a -a Botchamania or Cultaholic sign on TV. Take a Snoopy tennis sign. (laughs) Triple
3: H loves it.
2: Oh my god. Right. <laughs> Thank I, sw- you, Pat. I I swear to god if somebody gets a Triple H loves Snoopy tennis sign on WWE television I I I'll-, I'll I'll retire. Like that's it. That's the peak. No, don't. People okay, don't I, won't I won't retire. I won't retire. I will I will stay on forever. You'll be very happy, right? I'll stay on forever. There I'll- you go. You'll make my day. You'll make my day. I've um, got another one to I've re- got two left to read. I'll do two. Does, um, does
3: Triple H not not like H does not not does Triple like, H not like- Snoopy Tennis and a sign that says Noah.
2: Noah. Oh, nice. That's Double thing, gags. Though. Double yeah, gags. Yeah, re- really, really just... <laughs> yes. Keep on making dumb signs. Picks it all the way up. All the way in. Uh, Gus yeah. from Indiana. Hi, Gus. I lads. Hopefully Tom has his voice back by now. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh-huh. Fucked if I do. Uh, am I an absolute doofus? Yes. Uh, by listening to the pay-per-view watch-alongs without actually watching the pay-per-view. I'm currently listening to the Ring of the King watch-along at work. Even though I'm missing a lot of the context, nice to have familiar voices keeping me company in my small gray cubicle. I also don't uh-huh. have Peacock Plus slash premium slash Premium and Knuckles, so I don't <laughs> get communi- so, I, so I still get commercials, which really throws the whole flow of the watch-along off. That's oh, very true. Wait, wait,
3: the commercials show on the old stuff. I thought... Oh, because we, we're still on the network on this side of the world. So wait, on Peacock, if you look back at... King of Ring One, you still get commercials. You
2: still get commercials. What?
3: Oh.
2: The best advice I can offer, if you are, because, again, we don't quite know much about the placement of um, the commercial and stuff. We need to be better with time checks, admittedly. But also, if you're doing watch-alongs and the ads come on, just, if you can, pause it, and then restart <laughs> it up again when the advert's finish. Oh, wait,
3: yeah. Um, do people watch yeah. with, the, with the pay-per-view? Because I question. know I only get told people who don't, Mm. So, if you are listening to this, and obviously you are, haha, can't trick us, if you could let us know if you do actually do that, because it'd be funny if it turns out no one's doing it. Some do, and some don't. Uh, Please let us know if you do do the watch along, as God intended.
2: (laughs) As God intended. Um, But thank you very much for the email. One final email from uh, Laura. Morning, fellas. Another woman here. God, so many women listen to this, mate. This is going to blow your mind as well. <clears throat> Morning, fellas. Another woman here. Hello, another hello, woman. Hello, another woman. Quite often, my partner and I listen to the podcast in bed, having a nice spoony cuddle to settle down. Oh. oh. Being the little spoon, Laura, you've sent me this email. I have to read it verbatim. You've made a decision. While well, being the Little Spoon, I find that the private eye starts investigating the lady box, which leads to heavy petting and finally bumping uglies, brackets five seconds of fury. <laughs> so, yeah, a woman having sex while listening to your podcast. <laughs> Just because I feel like I should ask a question instead of just informing you of my nighttime activities, Bob Oli test stupid cane, fuck Mary kill, <laughs>
3: <laughs> fuck all of them. Well, you're already doing the first one, so I have to pick murder kill. Thank you very much. You are not the only one to bump ugly uh, while listening to our lovely. Really. Oh, t- Devil Morocco, an, a username whose name I'll never forget, uh, famously, I guess not, uh, famously, oh, yes. sent us in to let us know that um, their child was conceived whilst listening to the, uh, the Prime podcast, I wow. guess, called the Holly. And I then put that, tried to put that in the Hall of Fame, and the bastards didn't vote it in. Fucking hell. I, um. I, I was like, you bastards, we Feel should put going. the kid in anyway. And uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, so we, we're glad that this can, people settling down. Is it equivalent to ASMR or just, let's just relax, honey. I don't,
2: the thing is- Nothing wrong with being a little spoon, by the way. Oh, no, absolutely, it's the best time. Um, But the thing is, like, I I listen to podcasts when I go to sleep, more often than not. I can't imagine for a second that this bollocks is conducive to a good night's sleep, right? Because it is just, for one thing, it's loaded with information that keeps you awake, but also, right- (laughs) I'm a fucking gobshite. And, and, and at any point, I'm likely just to go, Ha-ha! like, how, how is that conducive to a good night's sleep? I don't understand.
3: Should we do a deliberately dull podcast one time? as ASMR. Tom and Matthew bore you to tears. What, you mean the, the ratings- first
2: 50 episodes? Oh, no,
0: oh,
3: no I walked right into
2: it. No!
0: Do an ASMR.
3: Here are the TV ratings. The first quarter hour did point 0.3. The second hour did point five. Some people might like that. Tranmere United no. <laughs> Wolverhampton Wanderers one. They pulled those from the uh, nah.
2: From from BBC. I'm I'm livid and I, and I work for the buggers. I'm furious.
3: I couldn't believe it was a real guy's voice
2: because it's a it's a, I know right. It's a real person doing yeah. the real voice. There's
3: no way you would have told me that as a kid. I would have believed you because it's like nah, that's a robot that works <laughs> the BBC.
2: <laughs> Score a Tron nine thousand. Yeah. <laughs> behind a robot, the <laughs> sole purpose of doing the football results. What is my what is my <laughs> purpose? You read the football results. What? Oh God! Oh God! But yeah. No, thank
3: you for letting us know that. Um, you you have people, sex. But I I listen to things like this. Not us exactly. That'd be weird. Listen to myself going to sleep. Oh God. But yeah, there I are things I, like I, this I don't that listen.
2: I, I don't listen to myself while I'm awake. <laughs> the
3: uh, yeah the. the I need to have that thing in the background to shut my brain down. Or, otherwise, I just don't sleep.
2: You're just awake all night. Yeah. You're just like, see, that's it.
3: (laughs) Awake all night, apparently, like the people who just sending in that question. Um,
2: (laughs) Uh Hey! Hey,
3: I'll be, hey, sing when you're winning.
2: If you are Laura's boyfriend and currently you are thinking, oh, I'm just going to have a little sneaky, my advice to you is, yeah, go on,
3: have a nice time. See, I imagine them just like getting the mood and it's just like, oh, yeah, this is so great. So, things are going really bad for the ref right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: That's gotta be Kane!
3: Honey, I'm not really in the mood. They had to cancel house shows. Actually, honey, (laughs) you know what?
2: Something about a random episode of That's Gotta Be Kane just really, like... Gotta hope Moppy's on this episode. my juices pumping.
3: Tell me what you like. The stinker. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no,
2: I didn't. No! No, no. Thank you for your emails, classic (laughs) at cultaholic.com. Let's spin into uh, another new segment, which seems to have just happened under my nose, which is Matthew brings in magazines. (laughs) So last week, Matthew brought in some copies of Power Slam. For us all to enjoy. Um, this week, I have never seen this magazine. I was ever. in
3: Manchester one time, and there's this really weird little retro shop that has just crap everywhere. It's near the city centre. I wish I could remember the name of it, but uh, if, you, if you've been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But And one of the things they have is just random copies of random magazines from years gone by. Here's something from the 4th of January 1992. It's called Look In. And uh, Look In is one word for some reason. I don't know why that is. Uh a special all-star calendar poster, 366 famous birthdays, because I guess it was a leap year. Uh, David Hasselhoff is the guy in the circle there. Win top videos, including Home Alone and Thunderbirds. <laughs> Creature comforts goodies, Beetlejuice stuff, wall chart, albums, books, and more. Plus, Sonic the Hedgehog. Hammer is it? MC Hammer. Schwarzenegger skiing. <laughs> Hang on. Right said Fred. Euro Disney. <laughs> Oh, wait. And then the These, main feature, Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan. bank manager. Bank manager. That's what he might have been. <laughs>
2: there's no article about it. They've just lamented on <laughs> yeah. a fantasy thing for Hulk Hogan. And I have
3: No, this is trying to, like, touch on everything. What, what do kids do? All right, there's the uh...
2: Incidentally, just, just pull it oh, on On the front here. Oh, is this what's in the magazine? The uh, way it says, like, "Sight the Hedgehog, Hammer, Schwarzenegger. Or is this lyrics to a new version of We Didn't Start the Fire? <laughs> Sight of the Hedgehog, Hammer, Schwarzenegger, skiing. Right, said Fred, skiing. you're a Disney.
3: An activity. <laughs> Bill and Ted. Uh, puppet Power. Ooh, get the new copy of The Thunderbirds. Blah, blah, blah.
2: Don't tell me how to live my
3: Mega life. Jason. Joseph and the Amazing Tentacle Dreamcoat is definitely one of the best musicals around at the moment. Wow, that is throwing... It's at everything right now. So
2: this is the what's new segment. So basically what is new in the whole world. (laughs) Wildlife alert. We all need to look after
3: the world we live in and protect the animals and plants across. But wow. It's just everything.
2: So is that a bit about, like, the building of Euro Disney on the What's New section? Because there's photos here. Yeah, it's, of... it's showing a
3: photo of it. No, no, that's it open. That's why there's no one in. Oh, right. Euro Disney like... was famously a giant flop the first oh, few years. Oh, yeah, they, they They're it. expecting 11 million visitors in the first year. Ha-ha! <laughs> With one million of them being British. ha 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 That didn't happen. Ooh, someone's already filled in the quiz. Bastard. Well, I guess I'll have to skip the crossword then. I'm sorry. Ooh, Galaxy High School. Uh, Yeah, moving on. Galaxy um, High. A poster of... MC Hammer single "Adam's Groove" that he did for the the film "Adam's Family." What else did he do what it about?
2: They to say what they wanna Say what they wanna say. They "Adam yeah. Family." Is it that one?
3: That's right. And they're saying you you were talking shit about Michael Jackson and that thing. And he went, "Yeah, I was." Because <laughs> my success will last forever. <laughs>
2: No one's ever get tired of MC Hammer. I've
3: got a cartoon coming out. Yeah. Yes. Exactly what he says. Like, yeah. Hammer. Not only does he star his own animated series, Hammer Man, on Saturday mornings in the states, he's also a doll. Mattel produced the Hammer doll to coincide with the cartoon. It comes complete with a ghetto blaster. <laughs> okay. Star Trek: The Final Encounter. Uh, lol. Um, I can't stand Hollywood. Says Dexter Fletcher. Wow, uh, the guy from Press Gang it says it's Hollywood in particular. Don't worry, I can't mate. Stand. <laughs> you won't go. I can never live there. Just make a movie and get straight out. Uh...
2: <laughs> yeah, the business, eh? Uh... This sounds like. Do you follow the fake celebrity news Twitter? It sounds like something that would come out of that. Dexter Fletcher says he hates Hollywood. Why don't you just get in, film, and leave again? <laughs>
3: Amazing. Is this uh, a piece
2: on Suburban Commando? Yes, his,
3: his Hogan is Hogan as Suburban Commando, one of the better Hogan films, which isn't saying much. And also the picture of him and Andre. This is in our toilet. Here, oh, it is
2: it. indeed in our toilet.
3: Yeah. Uh, I think I've been working in a local bank in my hometown of Tampa, Florida. I studied finance at college, and I guess that's the way I was going. Um, will you do a follow-up to Suburban Commando? I don't know. Uh, you work for a charity, don't you? Yeah, the Bullshit Foundation. Um, <laughs> How do you stay in shape? Lots of high protein, fish and chicken. Anything else? No, no, that's oh, all right. No, just fish and chicken. All right. Um, well, it was an What's your best win? When I beat Andre the Giant to win World to win World Mania Three, it says here. No, he
2: doesn't.
3: World Mania oh, Three. That's a good no. name. There were ninety three thousand people there, and that's a world record for an indoor event, a record previously held by the Rolling Stones and the Pope. That's a good. That was a good double header that, that a, night.
2: That was a weird combo that evening.
3: Yeah. Do you like Britain? I love it here. I come to the UK to wrestle quite a lot and the reaction has always been just fantastic. Uh-huh. Um, do you enjoy making the film? Yeah, it was great fun. It was great if you just said, nah, fucking. Liked Fletcher, went out. Like Dexter Fletcher, I want out. I
2: presume it was an interview that was done on paper or over the phone and they misheard WrestleMania as world yeah, mania they or done. misremembered it. Uh,
3: something fishy. It's Nigel Mansell um, basically fishing.
2: This uh, magazine is rubbish. This as is the
3: okay. He's like a big Mad Lib. He was in Australia at the Adil Grand Prix. He went out for a bit of shark fishing and caught a real monster weighing 350 pounds. That's not very nice to call about Nigel Mansell like that. <laughs> um, God, he's a legend.
2: Doo comic in there. I just saw Move it. over, Mario,
3: the prickly little <laughs> hero. <laughs> Move
2: Sonic over, Mario, the hero. The prick.
3: Sonic the, the Hedgehog star of World Mania 2 is already a superstar on Sega's Mega Drive and Master System and now he's on his way to the Game Gear. Oh no,
2: stop oh. him, stop him, <laughs> it's too late.
3: He's been gathering quite a few fans like Michael J. Fox and Dizzy chart-topper Vic Reeves who quote reckons, I love Sonic, I love the speed. It's horribly frustrating. <laughs> I love Sonic. If you're wondering how a hedgehog comes to be blue, well, he wasn't always. There was a... T- oh, that's the end of the quote. I thought Vic Reeves was just going to the law of Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Favourite pop star, Rod Stewart, because they have the same hairstyle.
2: Oh, my God. Uh, Sonic's favourite pop star is Rod
3: Stewart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Club Portrait, Hulk Hogan by Frankie Coyer, age 11, from Larkle. Uh, Okay.
2: So he's just done a lovely picture of Hulk Hogan. (laughs) Oh, this uh, is delo- and uh,
3: then there's a Garfield strip on the end. All oh, oh, right, well, I like it. I'll, we'll put yeah, that well. there front and centre, and then yeah, Matthew only will bring in, he in more had
2: crap. Lasagna, I'll put he that in. Been we'll fine. we will do
3: that one next time. Well, so.
2: so, thank you, oh. Matthew, for bringing in Look in Magazine. I hope you're from a fan of
3: 1992. Germs.
2: January 1992.
3: Which have a mad cow disease all over. <laughs> what a random
2: magazine! I can't get my head around. <laughs> like, who is it appeasing? Just like. Anyone.
3: All those world media fans.
2: Philip Schofield must have given some nice Christmas presents by Sarah Green, because this is what he says. We get on really well. We've been doing the show together, which are going live, for five years. And know each other so well, we've developed a kind of telepathy. (laughs) Fred Savage, star of The Wonder Years, isn't so young anymore. I'm learning to drive. (laughs) And I've just got my learner's license. I'm not all that good yet. My new hobby is driving along the pavement, knocking down rubbish bins. I love that. Our story tonight. Young actor gets a bit older.
3: <laughs> yeah. is well, so, so Sonic the Hedgehog, Hulk Hogan, Schwarzenegger, the concept of time. It's all here in a new edition of Lookin'.
2: Anyway, the concept uh, of time is ticking ever so Well, you know what? On. That's
3: definitely my second favourite rag of the week. Um... What would be my first, you think, if I wanted all the information that that magazine couldn't quench? uh, Uh, Would there be something else I could set the scene for some dodgy podcast so people can get the groove on?
2: Gamesmaster.
3: That's right. In this bag right here.
2: (laughs) How about the Wrestling Observer?
3: Oh, go on then. That'll do.
2: And Figure Four Weekly.
3: Ooh, the Strongest Soaker Upper. Strongest Soaker
2: Upper. Because one sheet does plenty. So, uh, in a minute, Matthew Greg is going to give my voice a rest and talk us through uh, SmackDown for July the 5th, 2001. One day after American Independence Day. And uh, we we go to... Well, we're coming off the back of a very... Uh, a milestone episode of Monday Night Raw for for the wrong reasons a lot of the time. So, it was on this past Monday's episode of Raw that we kind of got a a soft launch of wcw raw in which the main event of raw was oh, for the wcw no. championship between booker t and buff bagwell they put wcw uh, ring aprons all around they kind of treated it as it was a new show starting with like fireworks and uh, like a bit of a mood setting a changing of the lights in the arena Jim Ross and Paul Heyman took their headphones off and were replaced by Scott Hudson and Arn Anderson oh, God. in a main event that went about five and a half minutes that was roundly booed by everyone there. Um, Buff Bagwell really phoned in an awful performance. Booker T wasn't a lot better for whatever reason. Booker T is an exceptional performer. Uh, We had Scott Hudson and Arn Anderson who'd never done commentary together. Arn Anderson who'd never done commentary full stop do an awful job in selling this new WCW to the point where the Steve Austin and Kurt Angle run-in didn't so much feel like heels trying to get one over on the babyfaces, but a mercy killing because that led to both Booker T and Buff Bagwell being thrown out of the arena. In the cool light of day, the day after the the soft launch of WCW Raw, the Observer writes the following. The first impression of WCW in the most important angle in the history of this business was downright (laughs) scary to the point that re-evaluation of the current plans are being considered. The live crowd totally rejected Booker T versus Buff Bagwell. One can blame Bagwell for putting on a bad performance and T for not rising to the occasion. Loud chants of boring, this match sucks, and Goldberg filled the Tacoma Dome as the crowd booed every move by both wrestlers. Chance then started of refund and end the match with a huge pop when Steve Austin and Kurt Angle did a run-in to end the main event. Now... Um, what were your memories of this particular episode of Raw and that particular right. match, Math?
3: Well, first memory of it was watching it going, whoa, honestly, Buff Bagwell, great. Yeah. Because obviously, <laughs>
2: well, opinions have
3: gone up and down, obviously for Buff, depending on time and stuff like that. But I, I don't like, want history to rewrite all of uh, his entire career. Mm. No, by the later day of WWE. He was well-established with NWO. He turned heel. He was a good, funny character. I liked him being, just being a dick around Scott's Diner, pulling faces and doing stuff like that. He was entertaining. I'm not going to say he wasn't ever. He was. Buff, Buff, daddy. Buff, he's the stuff. You just can't get enough and all that stuff. Yeah. Loved it. Then at the time it was like, oh, the, the, the story's always been, Buff showed up and ruined everything and Buff is the dumb idiot. And we'll probably have more on Buff later on. Um, and this is the reason he killed WWE Raw. No, uh, so you're telling me with barely any build up that either of these two wrestlers, other than hey, these guys exist. Hey, you already know who this guy is, right? Okay, or oh, his buff. Buff is a heel. It's natural heel. Booker is an invader. They've just decided, right? we to have a WWE match after slating w- after feuding with WWE for years after treating them as evil invaders for the last few weeks, they just have a match in the main event. And what? The fans are supposed to go, hey guys, WCW. When it's not even the big name WCW guys as no. well. I, okay, respect to Booker T. I said this last week. I'm not going to get your feedback. But like, again, I like Booker T as a dude, but I wouldn't have put him, as just as a kid fan back then, I would not have put him on the levels of the Hogans and Ashes and everybody else like that. He was Booker was champ because they all buggered off. Um, to a certain extent, again, love Booker T, but that's what it was. That's the perception was uh, I had, as a, as a, at that time. So, again, this, pa- this period after WrestleMania X7 is, the, the period leading up to WrestleMania X7 is, what if everything goes right for a company? Everything after WrestleMania X7 is, what if everything goes bad and every bad decision is made? And as many, many, many people have pointed out, so the following week, where are they? Do you know, do you know what the, the week after this, Roth? Which place they happen to be in? To the Georgia Dome. Yeah, and, and where about it? Atlanta?
2: They're in Atlanta.
3: Atlanta uh, WCW's home base. Where if they likely had done this match and bothered to give it any hype or the idea that we're supposed to care. In any sort of way, would well, it matter if Buff Bagel become WWE World Champion that? But it wouldn't matter anything because um, we also don't know what WWE is at that point. Say, like, is it coming back? Is it not? So it's just two WW dudes invading, having a thing. If they'd done that in Atlanta, it might have been a much, much more positive response. i have been happy to see them. But
2: it's a bit of a crapshoot in doing that because you'd have thought, you know, these wrestling hotspots would be getting different reactions. We did an episode of SmackDown recently, which was in Philadelphia. And Taz was on commentary, and people were chanting for Jerry Lawler.
3: Well, I, I also, hang on, Your Honour, they're also saying that...
2: Ladies and gentlemen of the jury. Yeah,
3: ladies and gentlemen. Um, Yeah, because Lawler had just been
2: outed. Mm. So you think, but then you would have thought them seeing Taz, they'd be quite happy. You
3: know, Philadelphia fans are never happy. Philadelphia fair. fans would rather <laughs> Philadelphia fans would rather pay money and chance for the thing that they can't see than actually pay money to the thing that they could support. Because the Philadelphia fans, fair enough. Um, yeah, so. A complete so you're, you're, so you're balls saying, up by WWF. Give
2: it another week. Start it in Atlanta. I'm not saying You've got a
3: chance. I'm not saying people are like, "Boff, boff, boff, no. yay, WCW, we've won." hee-hee. <laughs> because people are also paying money to see WWF. Yeah, it's a complete and utter balls up with everybody involved in this, from the booking to the timing, to sadly the wrestlers to just mm. everything. A complete and utter disaster. Um, and as for the days of WCW, it was like like. This was supposed to make people want to watch it yeah. with no build or again, reason to care. Why would you give a shit at this point about it says, what? Doing it what? says
2: something about sort of I mean, the way they go into it is so ham fisted and so off what it should have been. How they how they should have come at it is but with Vincent Mann in charge and very much like anti Yeah, I don't think they were ever gonna get a, a, a fair slice of the the cheese on this one, were they? Yeah,
0: yeah, they
3: really missed out on the important stuff. They are, they're trying to figure out what they can do with the parts that they've got, but they are missing out important bits, and this will happen in this episode as well, of yeah. who who is supposed to care about this? Why are we supposed to be cheering? Why are we supposed to be... Bo- like, that's an important bit. Mm-hmm. It is just supposed to be, look guys, WCW, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You guys like tips. I was like, but it's not WCW, and it is for the WF, and it's two different audiences. Yeah, And you said last week about people wanting... Wait, hang on. W matches are going to be... Oh, sorry. Invasion being um, the new version of Fully Loaded. People going, no, I want to change my ticket. I don't want to yeah, be watching it. there was some Yeah, it's doing. not like, hey, it's them. Yeah, that's initial pop they're because they're invading you, and it's cool. But then I, they have <laughs> matches. It's like, aren't you... in? You're invading, right? That, uh, okay. So, is that your phone or mine? <laughs> God, it's a loud of vibration, Tom. Sorry. So, no, so yeah. So, know, I think I've said enough vibration. about that,
2: pal. How you doing? So, I think that... Yeah, you're absolutely right. There's so much more they could have done. Um, but let's talk about this Monday Night Raw. And the one person, you know, the, the commentary team get a bit of a shoe in for the commentary because it wasn't great. Um, I'll give a little nod to Arn Anderson, who wasn't meant Ugh. to be in this position at all. Now, up until the 11th hour, this was going to be Scott Hudson and Jerry Lawler. So WWF had had conversations with Jerry Lawler and said, we'd love you to be part of the launch of WCW. We're going to be in Tacoma. We'd like to invite you to come in to be part of the show in Tacoma to do commentary for the WCW match. And then going forward, WCW Raw. <sighs> Lawler went, um, "What is? what about Stacey Carter? To which uh, they said, I tell you what, she can walk out with you on the night um, and we'll go from there. But literally, we'll have if you wanted to be on the show, we'll have her on the show to get you on the show. And Jerry Lawler went, yep, yeah, that's cool. And then closes at the time, contract is sent to Jerry Lawler to say, We'd love you to do WCW. Here's a contract to do full time commentary for WCW. And Jerry Lawler goes, Okay, but I'd like Stacey Carter to have a full-time contract as well. And Vince went, Well, no, like my 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 opinion hasn't changed back in Feb since back in February. We don't have a role for Stacey Carter in our company. We agreed that she could walk out with you on this night, but she's not getting hired. To which Jerry Lawler then went, "Oh well, in that case, Saji I'm not doing it." And like this is, and there's a lot of heat mm. on Lawler for this because it was very 11th hour that he went. Well, no, maybe Lawler was hoping that by bringing this up so late that they would they would acquiesce to his demands and they would oh. do it. But they just went, "No, this isn't the case." He went, "Fine, I won't do it." And they went, "All right, yeah. who's was around on." You're on. Yeah,
3: Famously flexible, Vincent famously McMahon. flexible Vince McMahon.
2: Yeah. Um, oh,
3: go on and seeing <laughs> as she's here, it's like uh, no, we'll get the we'll get the dog to commentate rather <laughs> than me acquiesce to your last minute thing. Oh well, Scott
2: Hudson uh, was somebody that WWF were considering for a while uh, as the lead commentator for WCW Raw. They really liked Scott. He's got a nice demeanour backstage. People are quite happy to work with him. Um, but when this went down they were uncertain about doing WCW Raw at all. So Scott was like, look, I need an answer to go back to my my employers because he works for the government and say, look, because currently I'm working part-time whilst doing this, they want me to come back in as a full-time employee and that's some good money. I will say no if you've got a concrete offer for me. And, they, and then Jim Ross went, look, to be honest with you, this isn't probably going the way that we thought it was going to go, so we haven't got anything concrete for you. To which Scott went, okay, well, in that case, thank you very much. I'm going to take my full-time job with the government. So Scott is now out of the picture as well. Um,
3: but he'll do... I'm glad that they, that they didn't mess him over, though. No, no, no. Hudson no. seems like, a, again, I've not heard many... A jam-up guy. Him, so, yeah.
2: He seems like a good egg, doesn't he? Yeah,
3: not, you know, mm. I haven't heard any drama about him, so I can only assume he's all right. Can't I, have work a feeling,
2: I have a feeling he pops up maybe one more time after Smackdown and I think then that's yeah. the end of Scott Hudson's time in W. Yeah, because they w- couldn't have... F-
3: Mike Taney. apparently wasn't they weren't interested in and Tony Schiavone had already rubbed them in the wrong way. It's like that thing that Tony Schiavone spent like half his life talking about with, <laughs> with Comrade Thompson. So. <laughs> Bless him. So um, what else is happening other than Buff Bagwell company killer?
2: Well, I mean, that is literally the next line in my notes. The Ballad of Buff Bagwell. Oh, so, the Observer it, it, writes that the locker room dynamics have changed greatly over oh the past no. week. There is resentment of the WWF guys because the WCW guys got paid since the end of March and have done nothing until just now when they've started on the road. So, the WWF guys are like, they've been sitting at home to get paid. We've been carrying this company and they're taking our gerbs. We've been carrying this company to some of the lowest ratings it's had in years. Yes, hardcore Holly. You've certainly kept this company afloat. Heavens forfend that Sean O'Hare gets a crack as well. Fuck me. Um, now, the other issue here is apparently, according to Dave Meltzer, the younger members of the of the roster that have been hired have zero locker room protocol or etiquette and don't know how to conduct themselves. Uh, this basically means they didn't shake the undertaker by the gland and they walked in. Uh, the only one that seems to have significant heat though, because for a lot of them, they put it down to the fact that they've come from a place where there is like a lack of locker room etiquette, where it was a bit of a uh, a hot mess behind the scenes. Thankfully, we haven't seen any wrestling promotion like that ever since. Uh, um, But the one person that that they don't kind of let off for that is Buff Bagwell, who's been around since like the 90s and should know better. Uh, Buff Bagwell has caught a significant amount of heat in the World Wrestling Federation. He's made a lot of enemies with his attitude even before his TV debut. Now, in Connecticut, they have had extra training sessions where they have invited WCW wrestlers, well, so invited mandatory appearances to train in a WWF ring, which is much bigger and the ropes are much different to the WCW ring. So it's like, look, you're going to be on the road with us. You're using our ring. Come and use our ring. Get used to it. Learn your spots in it. Happy days. Buff Bagwell was routinely late for every single session. And then when he came to his first house show for the WWF, he was late to that as well. And again, it's that etiquette thing. I cannot imagine some of the more stalwart mid-card locker room putting up with someone like Buff Bagwell swaggering in an hour after the show started going, hey, guys, I'm Buff Daddy, etc. While in WCW, there was zero discipline. Buff Bagwell could get away with this, says the Observer, but that doesn't fly here. Uh, during the week, uh, while Buff Bagwell was at a training session, he was doing a practice match with Shane Helms. Here we go. So you know this story? What's the story, morning Glory?
3: Uh, I, Buff's version of events was that he was just like talking with Shane and they're exchanging childish insults and Buff said something on the lines, oh alright then and he rubbed in the wrong way I forgot what the exact line was but then Shane Helms oh no wait I think I'm getting it's been a while since I thought about this actually maybe I should let you talk over it one of them throws a water bottle at the other yeah and then Shane starts pounding them. Buff
2: basically yeah so um an altercation between these two in training Bagwell telling Helms no matter what he did, he'd never make it in wrestling because he was too small. Bagwell and Luger awesome, loved awesome. to have a little laugh at the expense of the cruiserweights in WCW, but Bagwell hasn't got his big roidy mate with him anymore. Uh, <laughs> Shane Helms made comments about, oh, you can talk bloody roidy Magoo. Uh, sadly, didn't quote OSW Review, but I think that he did. This led to Bagwell giving Helms a slap. <laughs> the buff went, hang on, they're not, I'm not steroids. These are calf implants, silly. <laughs> Uh, Helm smacked Bagwell back. Bagwell threw a bottle or something filled with ice and it all Oh, went I off. was in an ice spot. Bo- all oh, right,
3: yeah, that, that's going to hurt. Then, yeah, yeah,
2: and they actually, um, uh, it actually bust Bagwell up and he needed stitches. Uh, and then uh, everybody calmed around after that. And then concern. everyone clapped. And then everyone applauded. Well done, matey. So it's all going well for Buff oh. Bagwell. And then he had his debut on Monday Night Raw. And it was shit. Imagine being that big of an arse to, in your first two weeks in a new company and going, I'm in the main event of Raw. You can all fuck off. And then you absolutely shit the bed. <laughs> like... I wonder what will happen. Yeah. Let's find out more next week. Yeah. On the ballad of Buff Bagwell, part Two: Electric Booger. Which
3: is also the final part.
2: It is the final part of yeah, the ballad. Jeff Jarrett was asked, asked about
3: uh Buff made some I think maybe only one appearance on the teenage pay-per-views in 02. Mm. and comrades talking about reading the Observer stuff about uh, entry about Buff and said that yeah exactly the same prima donna had to have be talked over multiple times about the segment he was doing and all the stuff and where it was leading up to it took him like 15 minutes to get changed and all this stuff um, delayed the show and all this stuff and Jared just very like dramatic. He goes you know what you'd think you know you can act like that when everything's going great, but now you're at the bottom level now and you're not getting booked because they didn't book him after this, no. uh, after that appearance. And like, you think you'd change your attitude or act differently, but Buff just didn't. No. He's it, a loss, it, isn't it? Staggering, isn't it? Like, you don't look around and go, okay, maybe it's me. Just like
2: acting the same way. Staggering is the word, isn't it? Staggering. Buff uh, Stagwell. Buff Stagwell. But more, but more on his mum next week few, yeah, oh, yeah. Can't wait for the... Part two is the best part. Uh, we're going to get into SmackDown 4 this week. Uh, just a few little notes before the show went live. S.A. Rios and Christopher Daniels had a dark match. According to... me, Austin. According to Brian Alvarez. It wasn't me, Austin. It nearly was you, Austin. According to Brian Alvarez, it was one of the best matches of the night because Brian Alvarez was live at this one. Just enjoying the show. Just Incredible beat Sho Funaki. Get this. Kai and Tai did a twin magic spot.
3: Fuck off! Really?
2: So what they say in, the, in Figure Four Weekly? They did a twin magic spot, and the ref didn't notice. You know what
3: a twin magic spot is? When there's identical twins, like the the Bellas, for example, or the what are they call the Caitlins in AW, um, they'll tag a little. The they... <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> when the referee is uh distracted, they'll switch one whenever out, and then you know, ah, the healthy one who hasn't been beat up will take the advantage. Um, do that between two very different looking Japanese people um in 01. I'm glad they don't do this on TV. Is that foreshadowing? I don't know. I don't <laughs> remember it.
2: I wonder if they tried it and then went, nah, uh, the it's a best, bit racist.
3: It's just a bit. The best, I, I don't know if it was recorded. I still haven't found it. The Killer Bees, the tag team from the 80s, yeah. used to do a bit where they had masks on and they replaced replace each other. And they used to call it like mask confusion. <laughs> nice. All right. And then like used to annoy the commentators and stuff like that. And they were heels. Apparently, there's a six-man tag. I don't know who they're wrestling against, but it's Jim Brunzel and Brian Blair and Coco Beware. <laughs> and apparently, apparently, they did. <laughs> apparently, they did the mask I of I
2: love it. I love it. I want it to exist. If I was a promoter... I'd be doing that shit. Well, what? It looks it looks all right to me. I'd be... Right. I would have, right? I'd have a fucking team with masks on. And we'd be doing twin magic all day long. It'd be like two that look similar. It would be a white guy swapping out for a black gentleman. It'd be a white guy swapping out for a woman. It'd be a white guy swapping out for a dog. And the ref would not know. Put so <laughs> like, a mask on. I... I that... Is to me, that is the joy of wrestling for me. The joy of wrestling is in bollocks like that every single goddamn day.
0: (laughs) God.
3: Anyway, what else? Do that more often. What other racist segments do you have for us?
2: Sadly, nothing else racist. Oh, bollocks, um, Sunday Night Heat, we had Raven beating Bob Oli. Uh, it, it was probably WCW's fault. Uh, Tajiri beat Jerry Lynn. Another banger with those two, unsurprisingly. Oh, yeah. uh, Rhino battered Kay Quick. Oh. And, you know, I didn't know this happened because I know about like the key WCW matches that are shown on WWF TV at this time and mm-hmm. like the WCW match presentation with Bagwell and Booker T and two on SmackDown this week. Uh, on Heat, Sh- uh, Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare defended the WCW tag titles against Canyon and Sean Stasiak. Yeah. Didn't know that happened. Crowd chat on it. Because um, they did. Th- I've never, I, I'm going to go back on, I want to go back on tonight Heat and watch that. I'm just intrigued. Um, Sean O'Hare, by the way, is now doing like a TKO as a finisher because you can't do a swanton. It's a Sean-ton. You can't even do that. You've Sean. got to
3: do a TKO. One of the better puns to come out at it's one of WCW. Sean-ton bomb.
2: Natural-born thrillers. Yeah.
3: Because you one do one it one and you go, like that, yeah. and he looked a million quid. He looked... Phenomenal. Which is about five hundred thousand in today's money.
2: So that is um, that's all the build up to SmackDown. Let's go to Matthew Greggles, who will talk us through this week's episode. How can we
3: follow the, uh, the the enfant terrible tag team of Chris <laughs> Evans and Buff Bagwell?
2: Do your best, mate. Do your best.
3: They're both pumped. Last Monday, Tory Wilson hung out with Vince McMahon, who is perpetually moccorny. <laughs> So that's, that's a time to get revved up, revved up if you're in bed, by the way. Hello. Oh, yeah, yeah. We Think can, about Vince
2: McMahon and Tory going, Ugh.
3: We can see and hear you. Tori says she's prepared to do anything to get the top of WWF. And Vince is like, that's good. Can you please sign this non-dic? But <laughs> no, don't spend too long on this bit. We can't afford the litigation. <laughs> do you know how much all-day breakfasts are in Cardiff? They lay the eggs themselves. <laughs> Apparently, it's just this blurred-out text. I can't really read it very well. Oh, well. Uh, Austin interrupts when they're in the shower, so Vince tries having another meeting in a mob closet, but Kurt distracts to show off his gold medals at Tori and also display his staggering bacne. Oh, The higher the bitrate on these shows, the worse the memory. a lot
2: of knee that moment.
3: Oh. They go to the laundry room instead, and Tori disrobes Vince of his shirt and wedding ring before she tells him to close his eyes and turn around. He'll get a big surprise. And you'll bet it is, as behind him is Linda!
2: Kane's wife, Linda! Oh, that's right, Kane's what wife. What is oh, she doing she, here? She's
3: having an affair. I forgot about that.
2: Linda's having an affair with Vince.
3: As we're apparently redoing the stuff they did in October, where we already know Vince is a pervy perv. Uh, so there's not much reaction from the crowd, because it's, oh, I can't. we can believe this is happening. By the way, the music they play when Vince is caught with his trousers down sounded like something from BBC's Woof, the show about the kid who turned into a dog. It did sound
2: funny, didn't it? Yeah. It was. Lunda!
3: <laughs> it was a bit Balkan
2: skull, wasn't it? <laughs> Linda, Linda, let me fall over,
3: because my trousers are around my my big old man ankles. Because that around my
2: grotesque old man tits. <laughs> because uncooked meat legs. <laughs> what a um, portrait we're picturing here. Because Vince McMahon um, trying to get his end away on a young woman was indeed the only takeaway from the night that their first ever WCW world title match happened on Raw. Now, I know the match was shit, right? But fuck me, that's a big angle. Like not the, anymore. Not anymore. It's like the WCW title being defended on Raw. Like, if you're getting over the invasion, you can make a video package that makes it look not shit. You saw what they did to Vince's stunner from WrestleMania in the video package. You can do that. But no, all the only thing that happened on Raw was that Vince nearly got his knob out for Tory Wilson. <laughs> invasion in two weeks time. Christ. Also... And, and this is kind of like something that will come up a few times in this particular episode, right? Do you feel, is it weird knowing that Vince McMahon was such a horrible lech IRL and he signed all these NDAs and all this to, to keep women quiet because he was like a horrible pervert, right? Allegedly. Allegedly a horrible pervert, right? Is it weird seeing this played out on television, like like he's hiding it in plain sight. And it's kind of... And the fact that he's a heel doing it, therefore he knows that the stuff that he was doing, allegedly, was really fucking horrible. Because he, uh, he's
3: playing a heel doing it. I thought it was weird when I saw it as a kid, and now as
2: an adult, I'm like, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Just a thought I had. I just thought, Vince, like the stuff that Vince is saying and the way he's acting, he's like, I'll take off my wedding ring. And, just, and then you just think, like. Especially dude. now when it's what like, are, We've you done need to
3: do to work for the WWF? We've <laughs> done this. We already had this with Trish. It was a, the big build up, WrestleMania X7. It's like. We, We've been here. Wait, Yeah, exactly. We, but the fact that why are we doing this here?
2: Okay. But the fact that he he insists on going. Right, I've got a great idea for a story, lads. It's me necking off with a younger woman, <laughs> and uh, but I'll be the baddie because it's a bad thing to do. Mm. And also because of the fact like all the women have to go. Oh, Vince, you're so
3: Vera. So um, you look like my nana's bathroom floor. If I'm being honest with you, pal. <laughs> what? trying to think something like look like like that Different. that that complexion that um there's a term for it isn't it <laughs> that type of flooring you can get no no what do you mean? Nah, so i'm gonna <laughs> my miss i was trying not to compare him to uncooked meat <laughs> again but i'm trying to think of, <laughs> where do you see that kind of that marble but not marble that's that, that sound oh marble body thanks pal no there's the <laughs>
2: the <laughs> moldy my, my nana's bathroom
3: <laughs> floor a prisoner's wall.
2: I was thinking, like, what, covered in wet footprints?
3: <laughs> yeah, this doesn't work, does it? I think I'm just speaking about my own Nana, so I'll move on.
2: <laughs> I want to see your Nana's One, back
3: one of here. the Nana's out there. Uh, Witty Woo, Witty Woof on BBC. Uh, we're in an arena in Tacoma. Unlike the audience who watched the Booker t Buff Bagwell match, who were in a coma. <laughs> Tonight, Booker T defends the WW title against DDP uh, because evil face Dead Linda said they could. <laughs> That's right, it's her fault. She's the heel in this storyline. But never mind that. Here's the Dudleys versus Spike and Jericho for the tag titles. Howard Finkel says, with a combined weight of 305 pounds for Spike and Jericho. Yeah, it's an even split, all right. (laughs) Jericho has his Jack Daniels knockoff T-shirt, which I thought looked a bit naff and didn't fit him at the time. Now we know he drinks his weight in glasses of toast. It's fine and suits him very well. (laughs)
2: You find, you find another fucking wrestling podcast that just slips in a McMillan gag.
3: Well, I'd McMillan have had Suburban Commando.
0: You
2: find one, I dare you.
3: It's not the hedgehog You're calling out David Hasselhoff. You ain't shit, pal. Quote on Monday, Jericho nearly beat the duds in the handicap match, but then Spike Dudley came out and. Uh... Helped him win, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yep. Weird
3: recap package, but whatever. Spike is a weird partner for Jericho until you realise that Kevin Nash thinks Spike and Benoit are the same guy. Oh, fucking hell. He denied he said that. Mm. Michael Cole reminds us Benoit is out with a neck injury he sustained during the King of the Ring match and definitely not before the King of the Ring match, which is why he looks so miserable before the match (laughs) started.
2: Oh, no, no. That's purely speculation. Operation was successful this week for Benoit, by the way, uh, looking at an eight-month recovery. Oh, good. So fingers crossed, it's uh, it's a speedy and healthy one.
3: Yeah, I think he was like, I could come back next week. watch what's happening on TV. I'm gonna take the eight months. <laughs> I'll
2: take the whole time, thank you, boss.
3: Jericho sends both dudes to the outside, and Spike uses Chris the springboard over the ropes to take them both out. Uh, then Spike, Jericho, do the was up because the Dudleys aren't doing it themselves because they're kind of bad, but still getting their they aren't mm, they? Yeah, of course. Spike then tries to keep offense, and that lasts as long as Buff's contract. <laughs> <laughs> Spike eventually manages to get the hot tag to Chris, who isn't able to lock in the walls to Jericho for long, before Devon interferes, so Spike gets the tag and dropkicks Bubba for a close two. Spike tries a sunset flip, and even with Jericho's help, he can't move Bubba's large bottom, so the Dud's 3D him instead to retain. The Dudleys stare at Spike afterwards, so Chris gets some heat back by throwing him out the ring and going, yeah, you better run. (laughs) Dudley's like, we won. A simple decent... Thing here, Jericho getting more reaction uh, than he did last week with Scotty Duhotty, who threatened to get a bigger pop than him. Because <laughs> he's
2: just like, Okay, Jericho, I hope you enjoy your brush with greatness. Yeah, because this this very much is the end of Jericho's brush with greatness for now. Like he's Vince McMahon is very much done with the idea of of Jericho being a top guy and putting him in amongst this lot kind of seals that deal at least for now at least for now I got the vibe because Jer- Jericho is one of many walking wounded on the WWF roster at this point so I got the vibe from this match that sort of Jericho was in there with Spike but it was Spike that was sort of carrying the weight of the match like he was in there the most doing the most stuff being bounced around by the Dudleys he's incredibly good at doing that and I thought at one point I thought Spike had been injured did you see this so he does the Dudley dog and oh he drops on right on his foot he comes down right on his foot and I thought oh then they suddenly go to the finish it's like is that it was that so was weird because every
3: other time he's taking that right and it was I don't know what the hell they've done that spot a hundred billion times these two but yeah it's like oh he's gonna hit the duck, duck. no he isn't and instead of bouncing him off and land on his ass or whatever like that he just lands on his feet uh, like the Creed brother that one time he <laughs> did that dive and somehow did not pop out his shin bones in the front row <laughs> like riddle getting rid of his shoes Uh yeah, uh, I'm. I actually, it makes sense now that they're all the walking wounded and they've hired, even people like Sean Stasiak have gotten jobs because yeah. they're just going to use them for the stem cells. Basically.
2: <laughs> yeah. You see, like, body parts come off yeah. guys like Sean Stasiak and suddenly Austin have a really muscly yeah. arm.
3: You know those welding benches seeing fallout and you why well, did you turn the Sean Stasiak into fixed arm. Bang, bang, bang.
1: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
3: Austin sees Vince backstage as Vince reminds us about how humiliated he was backstage on Raw. The fake pop is a bit sad. It's not great comedy, and it's also not surprising it's uh, in the slightest that it's Linda. What? Oh, it's not surprising in the slightest that this is happening with Linda because it's like, Linda tricked me. It's like, yeah, we, we've done this. Mm. We've got we actually got long-term memory at this point in the way of history. So then I was like, Linda did this. It's like, Linda, my wife who I'm feuding with? It's like Yeah. Um, Deb says Vince deserved it. So Austin says, ah, shut up. Austin presents Vince with a present from Texas. It's a big white galoon hat. Angle shows up and is like, hey, you guys have hats on. Angle is upset because he didn't get one. And Austin's like, oh, come on, I'm a human being. You think I would forget to get you one? Of course I got you one. And yes, it's the little hat. And of course, Angle loves it, making the whole segment. This bit was so beloved, Angle wore it to his frigging Hall of Fame ceremony. Plus because Angle understands comedy a lot better than Vince right now because he understands that comedy is wearing a stupid hat and not realising it's a stupid hat.
2: Yes. It was an iconic moment that Kurt Angle absolutely milked.
3: Is going to be the thumbnail, by the way? Oh, yeah, of course no, it thank is. Thank you. Of
2: course it is. Um Yeah, he just stood there with his goofy... Shitty and grin on his face. Austin staring at him. And I, 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 I can't help but think the moment that camera went man, went cut, they all just fucking fell yeah. about laughing. The outtakes they, they of that have to be shown somewhere. They like. held their poker face so majestically. I was like, the moment that they shouted cut, they all fucking died laughing. There was yeah. an iconic bit of wrestling comedy. Not all wrestling comedy lands, it's more misses than hits. But yeah. it's all about the players, and Kurt Angle, who is completely unafraid to show off what a goofball he can be, was sublime here. Yeah. And he is another one that is banged up to fuck. So he oh, had a course con- he, is. he had a concussion at King of the Ring. The observer says a further examination revealed a meniscus ligament tear on Kurt Angle. He's gonna work through it. But he's got to go under a- uh, arthroscopic surgery at some point. It won't get any worse for wrestling on it, um, but he does need to have surgery at some point. I'm trying to think when he does. I don't know if he ever does. Because he's on, like, all year. And then all through 2002.
3: That's why That's why he's stronger than a gladiator.
2: Hercules. <laughs> Hercules. <laughs> but yeah, so that's Lesson. why Angle's in-ring involvement is so limited this week, because... They're trying to rest him as much as they can while yep. keeping him keeping keeping him on the telly. Yep. Jeez.
3: Bless him. But then backstage, the referees are going at it with the WW and WF referees forced to share a locker room. Nick Patrick, who was at least seven foot three, <laughs> versus Earl Hebner. It's Anarchy, baby. <laughs> I,
2: <laughs> even the rest of the lumps.
3: Anyway, here's Crash Holly without his WF Attitude t-shirt, which has the opposite effect on Crash than it does everybody else. Because when he doesn't have that, that means he's going to lose twice in one match. (laughs) But if anyone else wore that WF Attitude t-shirt, that means that they're losing. However, Crash is his his own special beast. Uh, Because of losing the Molly on Raw in a tag match and on SmackDown last week, despite teaming up with Jackie, Jackie wants to beat up Crash tonight and also prove she's tough enough, which coincidentally is on MTV after this show. Crash Holly gets the advantage for two seconds before Jackie takes Elroy to future school, I've written here. Okay. This doesn't get much pop or love, like that joke, as no one thinks Jackie can't lose to Crash. And they're right, as Jackie Frankenstein has crashed a pin and buses nose
2: open too. Told you he'd lose twice. (laughs) Not much here. The power of the... uh... Oh, of the lack of raw, of lack of attitude shirts on Crash Holly. Bless him. I thought Jackie looked great though. Yeah. Jackie looked like a beast in here.
3: Hey, Jackie, we've got, um, there's an opening for a woman to beat up a man. Um, hey, didn't we already have, no, 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 no. Jackie, just, <laughs> do, you, do you want the booking or not? No. All right, I'll be fine.
2: <laughs> China, we're not doing men and women matches anymore. Okay, I'll leave. Bye. Bye. Is she gone? Is she gone? Quick, Jackie, get in there with Crash. Yeah. Ah. It is the equivalent of going, uh, you've got to go home now because I'm going to bed in a minute. Ah, yeah. And as soon as they go, they go, I'm just going to put play it on PlayStation for me.
3: That's going to beat my cock like it owes me money. Just go. <laughs> Arsy crappy cola. <laughs> when mum can't be arsed.
2: Beat my cock like it owes me money.
3: No, no. Mmm, RC crappy cola, the cola that not even the ICP would touch, presents leader moonsaulting Trish on Raw to make Big Show big mad.
2: (laughs) They were going to go to Europe together. That was the story. (laughs) Big Show was like, hey, Trish, when we win this match, we'll go to Europe together. And Trish was like, yeah, that'd be lovely. And then they lost. So therefore, I assume they've cancelled the trip.
3: They found out how bad Euro Disney's doing. They're like, oh, (laughs) whatever. Trish sees Jeff Hardy backstage to thank him for dropkicking Big Show on Raw after that match. Uh, Jeff is confused and says, uh, thanks, but I didn't dropkick Big Show for you. Matt and Lita are like, uh, what's happening, Jeff? And
2: Jeff's like, uh. Great segment, guys. (laughs) Matt and Lita are like, Jeff, what are you doing talking to a woman? Did you have sex with her?
3: Are you listening to the Cult of the Holly Classic podcast? <laughs> yes. Uh, if you are,
2: listen to the classic SmackDown podcast while you do.
3: Yeah. This wasn't the best show of Jeff in a backstage segment. Because uh, some would say that Jeff never really got how to act in any of these bloody bits, but he's just so charismatic he gets away with it. So mm-hmm. this was like, Well, Jeff, what's going on? And Jeff's like, oh. <laughs> I don't know. Michael Cole then apologizes. That started, yeah, yeah, for but... Booker T versus Buff Bagwell occurring on Raw. Uh, Buff helped Angle and Austin to beat up Booker T, and he's like, yeah, we got him, guys. They then, both of them, beat up Book, uh Book Bagwell and throw him out.
2: I sent him out there.
3: So we then segue into this weird bit, and again, just, just the weirdness of what we're doing right now. Booker T arrives by himself in the middle of the day to the arena and is greeted by grunting, flexing mid carders, the good father or godfather, whatever. He's in between gimmicks right now. Bull Buchanan, Meng, K Quick, and Raven. And it's like the first day in prison. segment you see in every have film. That vibe.
2: Yeah, new meat
3: coming up, boys. Uh, oh, and the APA, who are of course, the real life badasses who, strangely, never pick on guys who can actually beat them up. Hmm, funny about that. Booker T is reminded he got beat up on Raw. He's like, yeah, I know but I'm still here. I might lose tonight, but I'm still here going to defend my title because I'm the WWE champion. And he walks off dramatically and triumphantly. Wait, isn't he part of the invading force of WWE who are threatening to kill WWF? No, Who they're... are invading WWF and he's shown up by himself.
2: Now, at this point, they're not there to kill the WWF. They're invading, but Linda McMahon has agreed that they can compete on WWF television. So... He, he's not like he's there to cause ructions he's now there because what? he's legally allowed to be there oh that's compared so exciting to, Tom compared to oh, last week oh he can
3: legally compete in matches oh you know uh, the bit I loved the most was obviously all the, the, the guys coming through the crowd not so to be there and feeling like anarchic so oh them walking yeah. the back oh that's oh. fantastic and management oh that's agreements. so exciting Ugh. oh I hope they play his theme music and he has a Titan tron. <laughs> To really set the scene of this being like a rival force and entity,
2: it's a weird way to get into the invasion. But this is what they're doing—dumb,
3: stupid, and confusing.
2: <clears throat> um. Also, I my my general consensus, my general opinion on the the WWF side is that the mid card locker room just come across as a bunch of fucking assholes. They just do. Oh hey, look at you, new guy. Look here, working with your belt. Yeah, and then he goes, Yeah, all right, I'm here. He said, you got beaten up last night. I did, yeah. Might get beat up tonight, but I'm going to defend my title. And they went, fine. You win this round. Bunch of pricks.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I love the only one who seemed <laughs> to be having any fun with it was Meng, who Booker T could have realistically gone up to and gone, who you can? I mean, this is January. Oh, yeah, fuck off. But mm. then he went, then he said, what was Meng? Uh, Raven was stood there like a statue. Alcoholics like, he hey, hey. Meng's like,
2: I saw. I uh, saw. It was May like, okay, you know
3: what? You can hail from any company you want, pal. Yeah. Like, are, you, are you doing enough? Yeah, that's right.
2: Harku was laughing. He was doing that and laughing. Because was like, good,
3: because <laughs> say something.
2: Because literally, all of them getting knocked spark the fuck out by Harku. Why is he in this this little gaggle of dickheads when he could quite easily just go, oh, you've got the dubstep we target in your bag, right? I'll have that. Thank you very much. Right. Fuck off. But he's just treated like fucking K-Quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Haku could batter them all. And he should have done. Haku should have joined WCW. That would have been a brilliant moment.
3: Yeah, how to get the crowd into it. Have Meng walk through the crowd. (laughs) crowd. Okay, yeah, well, whatever you say, Meng. He's like Walter in the Mask comic. Yeah. And then Vince McMahon is talking backstage, and they're like, ha, ha, hats, guys. And then knock, knock, knock. Hey, don't come in. And Angle's like, oh, wait, I'll let them in. And then... uh, Vince is delivered a summons from Linda. The envelope also contains a fake pop when he opens it. Fancy <laughs> Angle then thanks the guy delivering it. <laughs> Angle is single-handedly saving these bits, by the way. phenomenal. Don't let like, yeah. Revisionist History let you know like these backstage bits are all gold. No, Angle is outstanding, but like Vince is like, okay, I'm really liking these bits. I should put myself in all these segments. Vince is furious. He has to go to court with his ex-wife. Austin is mad that Angle let him in and demands the cowboy hat that he gave him. Angle and Austin trade insults as Angle does not want to give him the hat because he likes it so much. And Vince just says, hey, stop it, guys. I just got subpoenaed for the punchline. <laughs>
2: wow. wow, wow. 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 The, bit that, the bit that I thought was bizarre was this whole segment opens as if Vince has just seen what's happened in the in the corridor. And he goes, what's Booker T doing here? He's got a match booked. Like this is your show. He's booked on the show. Oh. What's he doing here? He's having his match. Like he. Planned. I can't believe
3: they let those of you guys in. He's like. Uh, Have you not wait, been paying wait.
2: attention? I, I know you He's don't He's got care.
3: things just his mind, Tom.
2: Yes. Yes. Sorry.
3: Why is Booker T just walking through the back? That's <laughs> that's so shit.
2: We're having we're having the biggest storyline in our company's history with WCW invading. But no, I'm getting subpoenaed by my wife. Oh, wait. That should take precedence.
3: I'm reading more of the subpoena. It says here Linda at her most boring says the bits my involving most the
2: boring.
3: The bits where the bit the, the wrestlers came through the crowd was too exciting for me. Uh my heart went up to a full 3 Beep. pulses a minute. <laughs> so I am now declaring that they should come through the 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 locker room. Also, Garfield rolls up <laughs> Odie into a snowman, snow dog, damn, I guess. Damn it, Linda! And then WCW presents, oh, God. Oh, Billy Kidman versus Hurricane Helms with Scott Hudson and Arn, what am I doing, commentating. And mm-hmm. Little Nate refereeing and a red light on the crowd. So
2: uh, Roxanne is happy. Now, now, there's a few things from this that need to be addressed before we get into the match itself. Go on. Okay, um the um, the match itself this is the first wcw title match on smackdown oh so that's a nice little touch it is the wwf debut of charles robinson on smackdown hey charles robinson who will uh, go on to play a blinder for the wwe for the rest of his career still taking bumps Mm. Did I at Cardiff this weekend? Yeah, he Couldn't did. believe it. He's still going. He's still the boy. And uh, it is not Hurricane Helms. You are a few months ahead. Thank your pardon. You're right. Nor is it Shane Helms, which he was the week before. He is now Gregory Helms. No. Do you know why he is Gregory Helms? Because we already have a Shane. We already have a Shane. And we are dumb, dumb wrestling fans that can't tell two Shanes apart. So therefore, you must be Gregory. Fuck it out, Gregory. It's fucking company. There's, there's this weird penchant they have for names. And this weird hang-up. Say penchant like, again. Penchant. Thank you, Tom. There's, like the fact that they want to call Austin Theory, Austin Theory, because Vince was like, we've got an Austin. Fuck off. We, and now he's back to Austin Theory again. Yeah, because he's Because Triple H yeah. has gone, let's not be dickheads about this. Because
3: he's been subpoenaed.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, Kidman and Helms do their best to excite the crowd. Who do not like WCW? There are plenty of anti-WCW signs in the crowd, clearly visible, and imagine many of them are waiting for the WF guys to jump in and start killing them. But then Kidman misses the shooting star press for a big. Oh, okay. So Helms lands Nightmare on Helm Street for the kick out. I always got to kick out that name. Helms tries for the vertebrae, good God, so Kidman counters by kind of sitting on his head to win the WWE Cruiserweight Champion, and the crowd cheers. Mm, A title change. Title change, nice exciting match. The first time... It's not main eventing. No. Midway through the show. uh, Wow, they actually learned from some of the negatives well they haven't because later on we've got another one the first but, time
2: in history that a WCW championship has changed hands and I hated WWF that. event
3: I hated the fact that they would then go well the lineage of the WCW title continues and that's when guys like the Dudley boys would go we've won the Tag titles in uh, WF, WCW, ECW, it's like TNA. It's like, oh, hang yeah. on, you motherfucker. That don't, don't count the WCW one. Me is uh, The lineage continues. Still annoys me
2: slightly. What would, yeah, which, but, which, yeah. which annoys you more? Which annoys you more in terms of affecting the lineage? Uh, the WCW titles continuing their, their prestige on WWF television or the use of AEW interim champions? I don't mind the interim. I do I, I find it. Messes, yeah. It messes at Wikipedia. No, no. It's how it's how MMA and uh, boxing have done
3: it for decades. It's fine. It's say, like, oh, okay. I can completely fuck up my plans because there's been an injury. Uh oh. Oh, I can go. Oh, the interim. And then when he gets back, that ready-made storyline. Mm. Fantastic. I think wrestling should have adopted it years ago.
2: Well, I stand corrected.
3: Oh, but obviously, if you're not a boxing or MMA fan, you're like, like interim.
2: I... <laughs> you're damn right. I'm interim. <laughs> He's a handsome man.
3: Thank you. Ah, Something we're not into, though, is more McMahon segments. Mr. McMahon and his hat. And his hat. And his his hat. hat, And his hat. Yell for a bit about how he's going to go to the public and tell them his side of the story, a.k.a. the truth. Uh, I'm just going to read Pachitti's note again. Okay, cool. (laughs) No notes on what's happening in 2022. We just got back from Cardiff and... Yeah, we're good. We're being good. Okay, okay. Kurt Angle talks about how he was in the Boy Scouts and the Cubs. Austin's like, were well, you? Yeah. He goes, yeah, I did them all. Austin's like, you did them all. And that's the punchline again. They're really ending these things sketch-like. Yeah. It's like, say something wacky. Wah, wah,
2: wah. I beat
3: the kids. Oh. If only Angle delivered his lines as well as lugs <laughs> delivered hot offers into your souls. No, not the ones on your feet. The ones that live forever.
2: <laughs> and the ones on your feet.
3: It's the the three players. Vince's old ass. Body's old ass. <laughs> lugs to help you run from accusations, and also <laughs>
2: cultaholic EVPs <laughs> to help you run lugs. They'll help you whatever you need to do with your feet. Run, jump, kick a fucking door down. (laughs) Whatever you need to do, use logs. Help you run from either way mid-south,
3: former champions and their big belts.
2: (laughs) Help you run to the bank to pay money into your mum's account.
0: Ah! (laughs)
3: There, look, there's Vince. Let's get him. Ha-ha! Look, i got my lugs on. <laughs> Damn it, we can't subpoena him. If we can't catch him.
2: <laughs> subpoena this! As he runs away on his lungs. Quick, Perry, on your makeshift. ha <laughs> Quick, makeshift. MacGyver, Saturn, get him!
3: <laughs> oh, no, Perry being a dumb, dumb, dummy, you stop for drive-thru. Uh, he was this close to getting
2: him. <laughs> it's not even a drive through it's a phone box.
3: Oh, He's, eating He's eating the numbers. He's eating the numbers. Quick, Detective Rumba! After Vince!
2: <laughs> oh no! A <laughs> ledge!
3: A ledge! Two inches tall!
2: <laughs> damn it! St- halt it again! Quick Detective Rumba! Get him! He went into that area with all the heavy wires coming out of it! Oh no! Detective Rumba's been tangled up! We need to relocate him! Right, uh, not the con- not a <laughs> I love the concept of a rumba. not not the wamba. Sorry, I was doing strictly not the not a wamba. I love the concept of a um but they are bollocks. <laughs> Ours, we've got one, Alex and I, and you just press go, and off he goes, and it's just like he just bounces around the room and does the same like <laughs> three or four. Three or four sides, and then and then returns to its base. Massive dirt patches in the middle of the carpet, but like three strips that are really clean. Oh, it only works on angles. I was gonna say, does it, 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 it Eric? It,
3: fuck off! Doesn't work, <laughs> Eric Angle. Wow, well, look at you work. not going for the easy one. Well, there's a spot, so
2: there's a spot mode you can do, which makes him spin. But he just does the same thing. But he just spins as he goes.
3: Yeah. I think he gets signed to work for the six <laughs> trios tournament. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we're, we're it this
3: week, Detective Rumba suddenly looks like, you know, Comedy Gold compared to what ones just said. It's like Bottom Series 2 compared to the shite we're coming out with. Anyway, backstage, Christian hugs Edge's trophy and Edge finds him doing it. Doing it? And it's rather like Andrew being caught by his parents with his anime pillow. <laughs> what are you doing? Nothing, nothing.
2: Doing nothing, Dad?
3: No. Yeah. Uh, Vids heads to the ring. With his 2000 Ric Flair shirt. You know, he looks ones... like
2: a man having a fucking breakdown. Yeah. Like big old fluffy oh. wine shirt and a cowboy hat.
3: He takes off the cowboy hat to show the solemnness of the segment. Vince reminds us that we all come with, from nothing and leave with nothing. Except, no, we don't. As Linda is trying to ruin that one thing he's going to leave the earth with, his reputation. Vince insists he wasn't going to do anything with Tori. He was just testing her. Anyway, Vince says he's sorry, in case the judge is listening. <laughs> but then Vince apologizes for all the people he's hurt and for being bored. And, oh, he's on his knees. And, oh, God, I'm just sorry. I'm sorry about everything. Which sounds like an admission of guilt to me. But then, <laughs> hey, here's Regal and the Willie says, to stop that, Vince. To Stop acting like this. You're the victim. Vince gives Regal a big, sorry, Regal gives Vince a big hug. Uh, to bring him to reality. As o- Anglin Austin looks shocked, and Vince pops up. He's like, you're right. It's not my fault women find me wonderful. It's not my fault I'm charismatic, and I have a big dick. I've got nothing in common with all the people here in this arena. I've caught wall, all 151 Pokemon, and I'm damn proud of it. And then he saunters off to do other things with women. pachiti's note, pachiti's note, pachitis note. Tom, what did you think?
2: Uh, again, another one of those segments that with, with current knowledge is hilarious. Um, I thought it was quite funny. I think Regal coming out to sort of talking around was, was quite fun. Uh, they do the cutaways to the locker room where Austin, Angle, and Deborah are watching. The second cutaway, Austin, you see, just wipe a tear <laughs> from his eyes. Oh, it's superb. It's superb. Uh, Vince, as Vince is walking to the back... Like he's thanking Regal. Tajiri tries to thank him, and Vince just brushes Tajiri aside, <laughs> and then just focuses on Regal. And Tajiri walks behind him. Like, um, yeah. So Vince, Vince. Basically, well, the point I'm making is that Vince McMahon was hundred and ten percent Vince McMahon, real life Vince McMahon, hiding in plain sight all this fucking time because all the shit that has been dragged up for him now. But she says, please do not talk about him. Right, okay. Yeah, it's a good segment. Yeah.
3: Could we do the Kid Rock Radio Edit thing on three? One, radio two, three. Radio Edit. <laughs> Stacker 2, JVC's Round Sound and the PS2 thing that's going to come out soon, I guess, whatever, uh, presents the Hardys and Lita. They're taking on Fat Bastard and Billy Bitch Cakes. <laughs> Show is only teaming up with Billy because he thinks the cakes are real.
2: Did you hear what Michael Cole called the team of Big Show and Billy Gunn? Go on. <laughs> the underachievers.
3: Oh, I was going to say. <laughs>
2: Absolutely fucking dead. I he said that. Billy
3: isn't getting booze from the crowd, but Taz and Cole beat him <laughs> to death. Anyway, as they talk about him needing to get his head screwed on properly in order to start achieving things again.
2: They absolutely eviscerate both Big Show and Billy Gunn. Like Big Show at one point lands a big move on Jeff and Taz is going, come on, Big Show, pin him! For God's sake, pin him! And Big Show's going, no, 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 I'm having a lovely fight. And Taz is getting gross because he's like, you shit at this. Just pin the guy and win. (laughs) Look at him climbing up the top rope. What are you doing (laughs) The story is Big Show and Billy Gunn are fucking awful. That's the story.
3: See, the jokers they are fucking shit. (laughs) It won't be all right on the night for these two. For Shogun. I think that's a name later on, but anyway. Uh, Big Show adopts Tory. No, not that one. The other one's old. Release powerbomb to KO Jeff Hardy. And then amazingly, Fat Bastard goes to the second rope and misses an elbow. (sighs) And as you're right, yes, the commentators are still like... Same old Big Show. Mm. Maybe he's trying to show he's better than Billy. Can't blame him. (laughs) Lita has enough of this rubbish. It's a low bar, that is. It's
2: a low fucking bar.
3: Lita has enough of this rubbish and gives a Frankenstein to Billy behind the referee's back. But I'm sure if he did it the referee's front, he would have allowed it.
2: Would have let it go, yeah. Yeah,
3: Whatever. Big Show manhandles everyone until Jeff stops a showstopper with a missile dropkick. A map twist of fate lands him down. So he follows up with a swanton bomb. And just on top... A matte leg drop as well to finally end the match as, don't be silly, it's a Hardy Boys match. Where have you been? Billy gives Matt the one and only, and Big Show's whale carcass drapes itself over Matt's body to win after taking four finishes.
2: <laughs> Big Show and Billy Gunn scraping a win against the Hardy Boys.
3: Yeah, I guess Christ. in Venice, there is, an, there is a lack of WF tag teams right now, because low down, uh, I don't know where they've gone, DIA. T-I-A. M.I.A. and D-O-A mixed into one.
2: D-I-A. Dead, dead in So Freddie Mercury singing. <laughs> uh,
3: so there's the Dudleys, the Hardys, Shogun, the mystical tag the team of uh,
2: Kai and Tai. They're the Shoguns, aren't they? They're the Shoguns rather than Shogun because Shogun would suggest some sort of mystical gimmick <laughs> from the Far East, which would have been amazing because they're sadly not Shogun. They're the Shoguns. Yeah, which is which means less. <laughs> Fuck
3: the yeah, show one. less that means better. The show it's a command.
2: Call themselves the Gun Show. They could have all done like the yeah, the, the big show going gun show. Like he's John Tenter in '95. Gun show. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a man. I'm a gun. <laughs> Vince tells his cabinet backstage that he's going to take the rest of the night off and take Tajiri with him to the nearest titty bar. (coughs) Angle and Austin tell Regal, hey, you can't hook Vince. That's our job. And the sheriffs yell at one another for a bit (laughs) as hell breaks loose in a small western town. (laughs)
2: I'm telling Uh, network solutions. Something like that. Um, yeah, Austin getting angry at Regal for hugging him and they're yeah. really calling each other saying, you make me sick, you make me sick, you make me sick. Um, Austin and Angle have just been comedy, ma- comedy masters all night tonight, which has been lovely.
3: Yeah. Speaking of comedy, on Raw, DDP prevented Undertaker from winning the IC title from Undertaker with a diamond cutter that he takes better than his brother, to say the least. Thanks, to Undertaker, for bothering. Oh, and then... Sarah Neck Tattoo shows up to low blow DDP as he does his comedy YouTuber face as he gets hit. As Kane watches because DDP must suffer. (laughs) Uh,
2: Again, this feud is being transitioned into DDP versus Sarah rather than DDP versus Undertaker.
3: And it's like, we don't understand why he's not getting over. Just don't get it. Ed shows up to challenge Albert. Oh, I've typed here. It's this promo. Uh, Edge comes down. Well, it's a mixed bag for me tonight. Because, Albert, on one hand, I have an icy title match with yourself. But on the other hand, no one's going to see it. Because when everyone hears your music, they're going to change the channel. That song is brutal. Did you actually pay someone to sing it? King Edge the Awesome isn't dealing with the X Factor. He's dealing with the crap factor. So this is Edge's new gimmick of winning King the Ring, where he's telling it like it is. Uh, Billy shoot, Gunn, shoot promo Edge. Oh, that'll never catch on. What are you talking about? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Billy's still recovering from the beating he gave him. He's had to change gimmicks because of it. Mm. And now Albert is like, Uh-oh. uh oh. And they did actually play the X Factor theme this they week.
2: I think, I think they, they can only play it a certain amount of times. Mm. But I think, in terms of telling the story here, I think they have to have it in there for yeah. Edge's promo to go, Uncle oh, Cracker's rubbish. By the way, Edge, fuck you. I sang your song on Saturday. Yeah. And I'm annoyed with myself that I did now because this blatant disregard for Uncle Cracker's it, seminal hits. What you looking at?
3: It's the first instance, SmackDown debut of people shitting on X Factor.
2: I'm glad Dominic Mysterio booted you. Yeah.
3: Christian has shown eating popcorn out of Edges Trophy backstage as we then go back to the match. And there are so many people standing up to go get merch that there's a fucking queue visible on the hard camera. just people lined up like it's Argos on a Sunday, waiting to get out rather than watch this. Albert's cool backbreaker to neckbreaker gets a nice pop. Uh, And while he's doing this, the Got Lugs shirts are selling fast. (laughs) Crash Holly has bought 10. He's sorted now (laughs) until 2003.
2: He's going to walk out wearing all of them like Joey. (laughs) I'm going to win all my matches now.
3: Albert uses a low blow to win with the Baldo Bomb. No one cares.
2: What a shame. Edge's time will come as I see a jump.
3: And Albert's time will never come. <laughs> you big-headed idiot. Uh, backstage, the mid-carders apologize for beating up Test for thinking he was a WCW stooge. He does not accept their apology, and he walks off with his face looking like on half of Harvey Dent. Ooh. <laughs> The sheriffs arrive and Austin says, uh, don't worry, that beating will only make him stronger. Anyway, the big viral infection of WSW needs to be removed, so they all need to team up. Jerry Lynn says, what, you mean unify? He's taken out backstage and shot <laughs> and never appears on the TV ever again. Kurt Angle agrees and says Austin is so great and is so great, in fact, he can whoop anyone in the locker room, including all of you and the WCW, because you're so great. This causes the locker room to descend and leave Austin uh, with just Angle to do all the hard work. In a segment that probably sounded much better on paper than it functioned in reality, because we know what they're going for, but it's it's a bit rubbish, Austin throws his hat down in frustration, but sadly doesn't stamp on it like you see in the cartoons. <laughs> just what do you a, think of this, story? They
2: zoom in on the, on the hat, don't they? Yeah, I mean, the WWF roster, who intimidate new employees, they beat up a guy when they slightly doubt their loyalty, and when Kurt goes, hey, come on, let's all fight together, they all go, nah, fuck it, we're going to the pub. Right, the WWF roster, a bunch of fucking assholes. Like, I, I, the yeah. mid, mid-carders are shitbags. bags. And, and, and I know, and I don't know. Like they, they come across like, oh, we'll beat anyone up. Okay, do you want to help with this rather big job? Nug and pop, fuck you. Yeah. Like just shit asses. Just like the just lazy layabout fucking shit asses. I'm glad WCW's taking your spots because all you do <laughs> is sit there and go, oh, my job. What have you done for it lately, Hardcore Holly? Had a two star match against fucking fucking Arco. Sorry, okay. Haku, uh, but you know what I mean. That's true. Let's uh, not
3: suck ourselves. It's not about Haku's having banger after banger.
2: Yeah, I just, I because, what's funny is that there is like, there's a shoot bit of resentment in amongst all of this as well that you read about, and how the mid car were like, oh, these guys are gonna come in and take our jobs. Oh fuck, fucking work harder. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying hardcore, Harley. Harley was one of the louder ones from what I gather. Like oh, blue WCW girls coming in. I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking beat them up for real. Ain't that right, Bradshaw? Yeah, we'll beat them up for real for taking a job. Let's they've gotta learn. They've gotta learn what? Like that we're tough. Yeah, but why do you have to beat because that's what you have to do when someone new comes in. You beat them up and you embarrass them. And then they're your friends. Did anyone do that to you, Bradshaw? No, I'd fucking lamp them. Yeah, you fucking uh, double standard piece of shit.
3: It is the start. (laughs) It just annoys
2: me. Workplace bullying.
3: It is the start of uh, a change of looking at post-revency being, wow, a a mystical, lovely world to work. (laughs) Bless you. Happy, go-lucky, oh, everyone's your friend, wrestling society, and we get this ugly look at what a lot of uh, the stuff that was happening with a lot of them like the Hollies the APAs the Benoit and stuff around this period um, what's is that... funny is
2: if it was the other way around and if WCW would have won and then if I had Bradshaw you know that Bradshaw wouldn't have gone oh just keep my head down and thank everybody no he'd have gone and, there and been a right cunt to everybody he would have done just saying so just mm. fuck off yeah and... I don't know why it's annoyed me but watching it play out on telly I go you, I bet a lot of you pricks were like that in real life. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and in a weird bit, uh, the Invasion's coming up, and who's sponsoring it? Why? Sony PlayStation 1.
2: <laughs> what? That can't be right. PlayStation 1 sponsored Invasion. Was it just PlayStation in general?
3: It's just play, it says PlayStation, but it's the
2: PS1 logo. It's the old PS1 logo, isn't it?
3: That's not the old standard PlayStation. It's not PlayStation in general. That's a weird thing, isn't it? You'd think the PS2 would be sponsoring them. You'd have thought so, wouldn't you? Maybe it's it's good enough for the Hardy's match, but it's not good enough for the pay per view.
2: I'm sure that PlayStation games still had the old PlayStation one logo on them as well as the PS2 one. I feel like that's kind of Mm. the I I kind of saw that as like the company PlayStation is sponsoring the event but the ps2 console is specifically sponsoring things a bit yeah, like it's,
3: it's because it's the, the playstation not the company is it that's the console yeah. so that's probably what they meant though oh you know all of them but it's like it's like how it's like, just the one logo that i associate with the ps1
2: it's like how you got the jvc and the jvc kaboom box and the kaboom box is is the product that's sponsoring the event rather than jvc yeah. as a whole so if jvc suddenly sponsored like a match they go oh, That's right why is it? It's because it's the company and a yeah. particular brand is uh, sponsoring so it.
3: So I saw it and went, all right, the PS1.
2: <laughs>
3: Scott Duhati takes on Dean Malenko in Malenko's last televised match. Is it? Uh, it is. Oh. Such a stunningly sad turn of events compared to his Hall of Fame run in WCW. The wrong opponents, the wrong type of wrestling fan, and the wrong gimmicks. Everything wrongity, wrongity, wrong. So at least him and Buff have something in common, finally. Uh, I'm glad that he ends it at least against his best opponent in WF, with Scotty Hottie bouncing around for Dino for two minutes before Dino locks in the cloverleaf with all the enthusiasm of a McDonald's worker two minutes before the end of his shift before Scotty escapes with ease. Dino goes to superplex Scotty again, clearly learning nothing from their previous encounters as Hottie pushes him off and lands a missile drop kick. Dean wrestles like it's his last shift <laughs> before dumb Perry comes out of Scotty's mouth. Don Perignon. Don perry Oh, and attempts <laughs> and attempts the worm before Dino punches him and then falls victim to the real one. Bye, Dean. We loved you years ago. Take it easy and get away from the stink of W while yeah, you can. Leave the memories alone. Yeah. Any thoughts here?
2: Um, yeah, I didn't realize it was his last one, but like it was a great match, like for what it was. Dean kind of, as you say, like didn't have like a lot of interviews. He has him, but then, like, I think he's done. He's done, and he's just going to put Scotty's two eye over on the way out. Yeah. Um, best of luck to Perry Satin, who now doesn't have a, a sort of like a a, 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 a straight, straight guy yeah. to work with. So we'll see how this gimmick does with Perry on his todd. I'm sure he'll be fine. I'm oh, <laughs> sure man. he'll be fine.
3: <sighs> a WCW referee. I don't know who this was. Do you know? No, There I we go. Know. Thanks, DDP. <laughs> Sorry, doesn't thank him, says wishes him good luck as DDP yogas backstage. Yoga. That'll never catch up. That'll never catch up. <laughs> DDP says he doesn't need luck. Also, Undertaker and his hot wife, they'll be watching me. Yeah, watching me on TV. Ooh, can't wait for that. Hey, hey, hey. My cutter is sharper than ever. I can't wait to cut Undertaker's head up with it.
2: That's nice. Good okay, DDP,
3: back. are you... He's too wacky to be evil.
2: Yeah, it doesn't... S- it, it's it's yo, a bit bozo. jarring, isn't it? It's jarring when you've got Yo Bozo. Yo Bozo, I'm going to watch yo your bozo, wife. I'm a dirty creep. Bang! Like got head off. fitted this quite well. Yeah, he's a creep. He's a creepy boy.
3: Gigatube, which of course short for Giga Stupid, uh, presents The Sheriffs, throwing Booker and Buff out of Smackdown, yo. Nice. Thank you, Giga Tube. I'm not buying you. Here's some tough enough clips. The editing is pish. And the clips are rough, but we do get to see, very briefly, the WF gym inside Titan Towers with the lights and stuff from 1993 that is never updated. So whenever I see that, no matter what year it is, I think, oh, it's 93. You see, like, Lugan, Brett doing that in the iCopro adverts.
2: Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? I like it. It was a nice little throwback seeing them in the... uh on the, you gotta want it. I could probably. Yeah, list.
3: and this is everything I didn't like about reality TV back then and still today. Just these rubbish, really fake clips. Uh, Stephanie makes a girl cry, asking about how hard the bumps were. It's like, yeah, they're really tough, weren't they? And she pretends to be human for a bit. Then Taz shows up wearing an XFL jacket to make the rookies wrestle in mud, <laughs> then running five miles of muddy gear while Taz yells at them for being shit. Yep, that's how they all got broke in the business that way.
2: Yeah, that's it. The whole thing is, and again, it comes back to this weird sort of fucking bullying mentality in the locker room. We're seeing it with the WCW guys, and they were like, all I'm learning from WWF at the moment is the roster treats people like shit. Like, yeah,
3: it's back-to-back segments of, yeah, this is what we're like. And you find out later on from shoot interviews from all the HWA guys that would come up going, oh, yeah, it was like that. Yeah. Like Paul London, Kendrick. Um, probably a few of us can't remember the top of my head going, yeah, that. Yeah, that place stunk.
2: Yeah, I was treated like Fuck, shit. Right. So therefore, you must be treated like shit as well. I mean, I mean, you 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 could be a shit stopper and treat people well, and you'll be surprised how well they work. Just the thought. Just the thought. Yeah. They were treated awful in this, um, yeah. but then they they knew what they signed up for. And again, it's that whole idea of their break. Because oh one, even in oh one, that kind of vibe about like the the secrecy of the business is still very much there so therefore they're going right if we're going to expose the business we need to work these fuckers to death to let them know it's not just an easy ride next week they say they talk up hey triple h is going to be on tough enough next week and that is an iconic iconic moment the hits just keep on coming yeah that's we're good so we're going to talk at length about that Uh, because that's quite uh quite a telling bit they do on Tough Enough that I think Lee leads to at least one person quitting the show. Hmm. It didn't even involve wrestling in mud in front of everyone's favourite rice pudding connoisseur, Taz. <laughs> yep. Has he messaged us about that yet, by the way? Yeah. Okay. Not Not me. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> Time will come.
3: Steve Austin tricks Kurt Angle into going to get Booker T because he's mad at Angle for making a mess of things earlier. You nitwit. Kurt says, certainly, accepts responsibility, and gives Austin his hat to protect. God, they're trying hard this episode. Uh, And I put, wait, so Booker T versus DDP is the main event on SmackDown? (laughs) Oof. Some guy has a sign that reads, I believe in Bigfoot. (laughs) Crowd, like before, sounds more unsure than anything else. They dislike DDP and his velvet tights, as he stun guns Booker over the top rope, uh, Booker doesn't get much more of a positive response either. Booker drags DDP through the crowd until they spot a, where's Goldberg sign? And they come back in to avoid it being on show on TV. <laughs> Scott yells, yeah, this is what WW was all about. You got that right. You weren't getting the big stars. This is what you have to settle for. Booker makes what I guess you could call a comeback technically as half the crowd is waiting for Angle to come out. Booker lands the scissors kick, but DDP heads outside to recover and gets a chair so he can DDT Booker on it, and then thinks about hiding the chair, but then decides he can't be arsed and just leaves it there as the referee just ignores it. Rubbish bit there. Don't know what Warf- the... Ah, uh, 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 whatever. No one's watching. We need it for a spot later. Yeah. Undertaker then shows up, along Booker T to roll DDP up to retain, but DDP doesn't care about the match now, and runs like bloody fuck to get away <laughs> through the crowd. <laughs> Uh, so Angle appears and tries to angle slam Booker, but Booker sends him down with the scissors kick before bonking him with the WWE title for a weird, oh, okay, reaction from the crowd. Mm. Booker poses with a belt afterwards to get kind of cheered, but then we cut backstage. Let's see if we can follow along with this. Undertaker follows DDP out to the parking lot where a bunch of WWE guys beat him down. And you know the WWE guys, because of all that black, red WWE shirt on that I forgot to bring in this week. Sorry about that. And ah. they throw him into a truck and punch him a lot. As Undertaker remarks, what, you guys couldn't get tickets to the show? <laughs> and then no-sells, all of them, as he refuses to fall down until Mike Awesome spears him into the steel door thing that I was going to look at the name of, but I didn't. The grill. The grill. The grill. What the hell is that? Shane McMahon... Then, oh, there
2: was a shutter, wasn't there? It? It was a shutter. That's right.
3: Shane McMahon then tries to shop, stop, stop DDP from attacking Undertaker. So DDP knocks Shane out. No reaction from the crowd, because why would we care? So then Booker T tries to stop DDP from attacking Shane McMahon, and then the WWE guys look confused at DDP hitting Shane, then turn on Booker to double turn, I, I guess, and... That's how the show ends, as the crowd are completely silent. Because they So, confused. again, why do we give a shit? They are. They're invading. The yeah. literal invasion. the name of the pay-per-view. Sorry, Alvarez now. But invasion pay-per-view
2: coming on. The literal on. invasion is yeah. happening. Now the invaders aren't getting along. Fuckity-do. We, we splintered the NWO much quicker than we normally do.
3: Yeah, there's no reason to... Ca- oh, Booker T's a nice guy. He's still WW. He's still the bad guy that was W champion.
2: Now, um, uh, uh, ROH <laughs> did this recently with Jonathan Gresham in Impact. Oh. And they did, um, whilst a bit more hurried, a much better job because they simply kept Jonathan Gresham away from all the invasion-y stuff. But, and like kind of question marks over, you know, obviously he's part of that brand, but is he? does he have the same core values as them? Is he, you know, what will happen here? And I see that they're doing that with Booker T. They don't want him to be in like the cluster of, you know, your your Lance Storms, your Sean Stasiacs, your Chava Guerrero Juniors attacking random wrestlers because he has pride and credibility and as champion, he wants to carry himself as such. Um, Now, I think the reason they're doing this is because whilst it is looking like it's not happening, there is still the thought of having like WCW as its own tear-away, break-away roster and tour on its own. So to do that, you can't just have a roster of heels, which is the issue that they had from Raw, and you saw it a little bit in a few other places. It's a roster of heels. So you need to establish some of them, at least, as babyface are facing. So that's kind of what this is about. The bad part about this, the bit that sucks about this, is therefore based on the section that we have just seen, they class the heel roster of WCW as Diamond Dallas Page, Buff Bagwell, Sean Stasiak, uh, Chris Canyon, Landstorm, Storm Chava Guerrero Jr. And the top babyfaces in WCW are Booker T and Shane McMahon. And there is your problem. That is what WWF perceives to be the top baby faces of the invading WCW Booker T and Shane McMahon. <laughs> and they get Booker T
3: as a good guy by making him boring as hell backstage and saying, Well, I might be beaten up, but I'm going to keep on getting beaten up. And then at the end of the show, have him get beaten up some more. Yeah. That's how you know he's a face. Again, confusing rubbish. Uh, more or less, and more of that to come. Oh,
2: boy. But yeah, it's not gotten better with age, has it? I don't <laughs> I don't get like why they had to have Booker T in this last segment or even Shane McMahon um, because Booker T attacked her angle. You could have had the other guys beat up The Undertaker and kept those question marks in the air. You didn't need to splinter them. You could, you know, you didn't need to, you know, have Booker T get a shoe in at the end of the show. <laughs> you could that to me seemed a peculiar choice. I know where you're going and I get what you're doing, but you could kind of get there without so ostensibly doing it, if you see what I mean. Mm. You know? You got the inaugural brawl coming up and and you've got a mix of
3: I still don't know what that word means, by the way. The first. I need you'd say that. <laughs> to inaugural me. means first. Oh, I think mean, like the first word.
2: Oh, I was that what meant? Inaugural? inaugural? means like the oh, first. Oh, thank you. The, so the first, well, the first that fight. Sense? Okay. Inaugural brawl. So it's like the first one. That's why it's called Inaugural. Um, oh, so oh, stupid <laughs> name. It's, 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 hey. And now, um, for uh, now, that was the Inaugural time that you... Yeah. So, <laughs> right. That was SmackDown. Um, yeah. The WCW slightly flavoured edition. Um, what did you remember?
3: Her, uh, Gregory Helms ha. versus Billy Kidman.
2: Gregory Helms. Why do you remember that one so I, I
3: remember like really liking the action and mm. it, seeing a shooting star press and being very impressed back in the day, and also liking. Um, Kidman wasn't my favourite by the end of WW, but because there was three count, the Young Dragons, Noble, etc. Uh, who was else was there? Oh, um, what's his name? Kid Romeo. And Alex um, Skipper, all those guys, yeah, who obviously aren't going to be showing up on the TV anytime soon. But, yeah, I remember liking them and going, yeah, these are great. And like that, and him finishing by just sitting on his head.
2: Yeah, quite a creative finish.
3: Yeah, I was like, okay, boring. Liked yeah, it. I liked it. And the fact that the crowd were like, all right, you know, golf clap.
2: What about yourself? Angle's little hat. Of course. <laughs> Angle's Little Hat is what I remember. I thought that um, Austin and Angle as a comedy duo um, are very good. A lot of these segments got long in the tooth, but I thought the bit with the hats is a particular piece of excellent backstage bollocks that I was glad to, to see once again on this episode. Uh, what had you forgotten?
3: Everything, that- How- everything else just what a mess the invasion is. Because, <laughs> you know, when you're a kid, when you don't fully understand why you're not enjoying something as much as you should be, but mm. you want to be, because uh, you're stupid. Now, like all the reflection of what's happened to the Observer and stuff like that, and just being slightly more smart, or I hope at this point, he's got more experience. Going, what, what, what? I just have, they're really just, instead of a, a f- proper plan, it's grasping at straws, it's last minute. Oh, I forgot. The Vicar's coming round. <laughs> oh, um, oh Archie God. Belinda's what have visiting. I got? What have I got in the cupboards? What have I got in the cupboards? All right, okay. Oh, damn it. If I'd known in advance, I would have gotten the Hogan trifle or i have gotten the Goldberg case. Some Jimmy Hart's pasta. Oh, God. Uh, is it, uh, I had a Kevin Nash uh, pizza. Oh, it's gone. Gone. <laughs> I ate it last night, didn't I? Bollocks. All right, all right. Some um, Sean Stasiak um, twiglets. And uh, a Hugh Morris breadstick. That'll have to tie them over.
0: It's
2: Hugh Morris because it shapes a bit like a knob.
3: Why is there a tape recorder in my... In my souffle. Ah, Ah, glad you found that figure.
2: Yeah. yeah. it smacks of rushed, uh, as do most of the WCW things that they've done. And, and there's a lot of reasons for that, which we've discussed. Uh, a lack of uh, available talent. Um a desire to very quickly make some more fucking money <laughs> because they are suffering, yeah. a lack of creative direction, uh, a pay-per-view built around WWF versus WCW on the horizon that yeah. they need to frantically overbook, which is hilarious because you don't need to really do much to sell that pay-per-view. I don't think at that point, you, you the marquee WWF versus WCW invasion, I don't know, I think as a kid, I would have bought that regardless. It it does. It's one of its most successful sort of B shows of yeah. all time, and so clearly a lot of people agreed with you. A lot of people agree, um, but uh, eight hey, we'll get to it in a couple of weeks time. Yeah,
3: because right now the, the issue is they want to make WW a thing and make lots of money from it without the big guys. In that that square is not fitting in that circle hole mm. at all. Maybe they'll change their ideas and have a slightly different direction, eh? Who we knows? We'll find out in weeks oh. to
2: come. Uh, there is no episode next week uh, because I will be away and we'll be completely um, recorded up to this one. So no classic Smackdown review next week, but there'll be one oh. the following week when I'm back off a holiday and we're back in rotation. Yeah. So I think we only missed one week. I think we only missed one week. Um, but we'll be back next week, uh, week after next with another.
3: So some one. people will be going in dry. Sorry to hear that.
2: Going in dry, and um, or usually... What
3: will you be getting a look in uh, while you're away? Oh, Tom? I will
2: be I will be snorkeling with with, uh, with dolphins. I'll be snorkeling with turtles at some point. Maybe as you're listening to this, I am sat on the beach drinking out of a coconut. Uh, I will be. Um, what else will I be doing? I've be doing a whole lot of nothing very far away which i'm very excited about and uh, and i'll be thinking of you spoiler alert, i won't
3: really upset myself I there switched off. that sounds oh. like a wonderful time and you am a well-earned vacation thank Rest you mate. For yourself. two
2: old bloody weeks mate.
3: uh but i've just read here they don't expect hero disney to be fully completed in the year 2017. Oh. it's kind of terrifying rings something in 92 saying a, a comical future year like 2017 which has been and gone
2: <laughs> like this podcast has been and Jesus. gone and until we are next back together he is at Matthew Gregg on Twitter I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter together we are at to Holocaust on oh, Twitter Jesus. don't forget to join us love you bye don't email me I won't fucking read <laughs>
0: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
2: For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.